Blog Talk Radio. Some things never change. (laughs) (laughs) There we go again, folks. Yes, yes. We love it. We love it when our intro decides to just sit there and look at you. You press play, and the son of a bitch just looks at you and spins and spins and spins. And it's like, oh, I don't know what you're talking about, Nate. I know you pressed the play button, but we don't want to play. Did you push it more than once? Because if you did, you will have an extra long wait. No, I only pushed it once. Well, good, because last time it it played, and then it reset itself. What it's going to do is it's going to play itself multiple times whenever it decides to start, because that's what it does. It's just this little tick that it has, and I don't understand why don't it you, yet. There. Why, don't you just, why don't you just turn the volume off on it, and let's just get going. Oh, there we are. Here it comes. You're listening to Wide Men Can't Jump on the Wide Men Radio Network, located at blogtalkradio.com slash widemencantjump and at widemencantjump.com. Here's the best pod in sports, bringing you all the NBA highlights, analysis, and even some college basketball analysis as well. This show is brought to you by the law offices of Stephen P. New and CamBay.com. You can find this show at iTunes, Podcast Addict, Stitcher. Oh, my God. You're listening to Wide Men Can't Jump on the Wide Men Radio Network, located at blogtalkradio.com slash widemencantjump and at widemencantjump.com. Here's the best pod in sports, bringing you all the NBA highlights, analysis, and even some college basketball analysis as well. This show is brought to you by the law offices of Stephen P. New and CamBay.com. You can find this show at iTunes, Podcast Addict, Stitcher, Google Play, FM Flash, iHeartRadio, and anywhere you find podcasts, as well at WideMenCan'tJump.com. Now let's go to the flagship program and this episode of Wide Men Can Jump. You know, the intro has almost become its own kind of thing. And what I mean by that is it almost seems like it's a bit. I, folks, I promise you, with everything inside of me at home, this is not a bit. Hey. This is just... Hey, what? Nate, this is Tim. Hey, Nate, this is Tim. Hey, Nate, this is Tim. <laughs> oh, God. So We'll give the starting bit this one for the week. <laughs> But yes, yes, here we are. But All right, let's get this, get this show on the road. <laughs> it's episode 83, and by God, we've hit 83 weeks. We finally reached the number that Raw was defeated by Nitro in consecutive weeks. So, ladies and gentlemen, we have hit 83. And I punched so. Eric Bischoff right to the teeth. Oh, you love Eric Bischoff. Oh, I actually <laughs> do like Eric Bischoff. But we punched him in the teeth for 83 weeks anyway. <laughs> but here we are. It's NBA season, and we have got enough to talk about to Boy. fill two hours. So here we are. Yeah, we, we, could, we could easily do the Kevin Durant show and not talk no, about anything easy. else. Uh, what a last couple of days of uh, craziness. Uh, game five was uh, – to be honest, game five was doozy. Yeah, but to be honest, as far as the actual game went, 
It was it was all right, but there was it was more of the underlying things going on that uh, you know injuries, uh, an admission from the NBA that they blew a a call late in the game, uh, then the fallout from I don't know supposedly every fucking fan north of the border laughed when Kevin Durant got hurt, which is just total nonsense. Uh, well, we'll dive into so, that. We, we've got so call. many, sto- so many stories from everything. But yeah. Oh well, we've let's got get to the line. And this is not Lou from New Jersey. I recognize his number, but I don't know this number. So let's see what we got here. Hello, caller. You are on the air with Wide Man Can't Jump. Yeah, man. I ain't been able to get in with y'all in a while, and I got a problem with y'all. Oh no! Is this not? Yeah. You right, you damn right it's not. No, my buddy. What happened to you, man? The last few times I called, I wasn't able to get through, man. So I said, yeah, the damn Canadians have banned me. This is <laughs> outrageous. <laughs> well, you know that that would, that would be the furthest from the truth, sir. We do apologize. Oh, no, man. Y'all reputation on. changed this week. I, I saw them yeah. yelling at Steph Curry mom. I saw them okay. laughing at Kevin Durant. I don't know, man. I don't know about y'all. The the Kevin Durant thing, I I will fight you to the end of days on that one. The yelling at at Steph Curry's mother, though, that is totally Bush League. I will agree 100% on that one. Uh, You don't really get to pick your fan base, though, man. There's going to be... Yeah, what's a better way to say? Shitheads in every fan base. Like, oh yeah, there's there's still limits of class, though, and that's she's got nothing to do with anything at all. So why you would even care? I don't know. No, I'm saying both things are wrong, but I'm saying you're not gonna find a fan base where that kind of behavior doesn't exist. No, it it doesn't. It's in every fan base. Well, I saw a uh, I saw an interesting article that somebody wrote. uh, What if that would have happened in Philadelphia? We would have said same old Philly. <laughs> Nobody'd even be talking about it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But yeah. It doesn't well, change I agree. Why you don't? Oh, I'm sorry, man. I, I keep cutting you off, bro. I'm sorry. <laughs> That's okay. No, it, it doesn't change the fact though that anybody who actually did laugh, thinking he was seriously hurt, is a dickhead. Nobody wants to see that. Yeah. Um, now, if you're chortled briefly for a moment because your team's got the upper hand. Okay, I can live with that, but you know that guy. I mean, he was hurt and hurt pretty bad, as it turned out. So, nothing funny about that. Yeah, snapped his Achilles. Yeah. Oh, it was bad too. If you watch the video, there's video online. Yeah. No, yeah, I'm there, there's up, video. I keep, I keep, I keep interrupting every time you start talking, dude. No. I'm muting myself no. so you can finish. You can get a no, sentence in. You're fine. You're, what the hell you're fine. I'll... Issue is, bro. Go. Nah, it's okay. Talk, talk, uh, talk about what you want to talk about. Go. Yeah, go ahead. Go for it. They hear me every week for two hours. You go for it. No, all I was no, going to say was no. no go, go ahead. Go ahead, dude. All I was going to say was there's video out there of Durant's uh, Achilles snapping. You can see it. It's bad and it came out that he had um surgery to repair it on um i'm not sure when but he did have it i think it was today uh that it's repaired and he's going to start you know rehabbing and everything but uh kevin durant's not playing basketball in the next season so you might as well just picture a league without him next year 
where he goes will be the story. But uh, go ahead. I didn't mean to interrupt. Nos, go for it. No, you didn't interrupt me, man. It was just a timing issue. But, no, no it's a terrible injury uh, that's all ended in, you know, the worst possible way. But, honestly, there was some risk involved in bringing him back, period. Uh, so the idea that organizations uh, pressure players uh, in order to play, uh, not thinking about long-term, thinking short-term, uh, no matter what, to me, he shouldn't have played. Like, it was a huge mistake. A couple of weeks ago, they were walking around with the chest out telling us how even without Kevin Durant, that maybe they're better. Now Steph Curry gets to be Steph Curry and all of that stuff. And then people got to see that that's just not true. And so now they were hoping on Kevin Durant to come back and save them. And, you know, they, they, they took the ultimate risk, man. There was no reason for this. And if we find out that that whole so-called calf thing was a misdiagnosis, then they'll probably have a lawsuit on their hands. But I, I doubt it gets that far. But, yeah, that's, that was crazy, man. It seems like too much of a coincidence to be, oh, you know, he's got a calf strain, and then he snaps his Achilles. I think they diagnosed it as a calf sprain and thought, okay, it's just a calf sprain because there was no tear in anything. So um, I'm thinking that what happened was the calf, or it wasn't a calf, it was actually an Achilles, a very slight tear that needed more time to heal, but... It didn't, and that's what caused the Achilles to fully rupture and snap. I, that's my assumption there on that end. Um, that's what I'm thinking. I'm on the same program. Think? I'm not a doctor, but I'm on the same program. Oh, absolutely. And, and if you've ever had an Achilles injury, you know how long it takes to overcome that injury. If you look at some of the guys like DeMarcus Cousins is coming back from an injury He's still not the same to me. I'm watching him play in these finals. He's not the same. He's not uh, back to his full self yet. I'm looking at other players in the league that have come back from injuries that haven't been themselves. Um, I don't know. It just it – sen- it seems well, to me – Dominique's been the only one. Yeah, Dominique Wilson's yeah. the only one. And even then, that was marginal. Like, it wasn't old school Dominique. It was just he was still effective. But he wasn't, you know, the player that he was. So – and as far as Boogie, like, yeah, Boogie has no lift right now. He's playing like old man basketball. He's putting his body on people and trying to finish. But when you see people blocking Boogie shots and, like, Boogie not yeah. being a threat, you're like, boy, he took a bad gamble and, and going to Golden State for this one-year uh, trial run. Because this ended terribly and seemed, for him. And it, and it seemed like they they had Boogie out there, and they almost had to play him because Looney's not 100%. Bogut, I don't think he has gotten back to full shape. And you want you want to play Boogie because he's a dynamic player. But man, if they would have lost that game the other night, there would have been a lot on Boogie's shoulders for the end of the game, whether it was warranted or not. He would have caught some flack for the way that game ended, especially with the moving screen and all that. No, you're you're dead on. But think about this: why people fall for the okie doke of team first, team this, team that. Boogie came back from a quad way too early, already coming off an Achilles. So, of course, he's nowhere near uh, who he actually is. So, you know, he's he's been walking wounded. But he shouldn't be playing heavy minutes while he's trying to do that. So now he's diminished uh, his value going forward because ain't no way in hell you can watch the tape of him right now and say we're going to get that guy a five-year deal, a three-year deal, like anything, like, significant. 
So, yeah, and Andrew Bogut, hell, they brought the carcass of Andrew Bogut from New Zealand at the end of the season. Like, like that's not <laughs> yeah. a guy who should be getting minutes. You know what I'm saying? No, I agree. No, not, no, what not do you think, Tim? He was good in his prime. Okay, well, what, what do you think about the whole thing? And why was Kevin Durant bringing the ball down the court in the first place? Yeah, well, I don't know, man. I, I, I'll just put it like this. If, if you're risking him or saying he's healthy enough to play, then he's going to play like he plays. But to me, the biggest thing was he shouldn't have been out there, period. Because no matter what, this is a seven-foot guy who does a lot of wear and tear type stuff, cutting, pulling well, up, he, crossover, you know, all that stuff. So, you he know, took, him out he there, took, period. He took the heat today for it. He said it was on him. Now, whether that whether you want to believe that or not is another question. Um, so at least I'll give him credit for that. He's not he's not letting the blame fall on the team. But like you said, I agree with you 100. percent There's no way in hell he ever should have saw the floor or the other night. No way. And some people need to be better at saying no because I tell you right now, Kawhi Leonard would have looked you dead in the face, emotionless, <laughs> and said no. I'm not playing. <laughs> and, Dan, and Dan did. <laughs> Exactly. <laughs> well, I think Durant. I think. Oh, go ahead. Man. Well, I'm just going to say I think Durant is one of those players who, and, and this is most players in the NBA. About there's only been maybe one player in the league that I've ever seen say, "No, I'm not playing because I'm not ready to play," and that's Kawhi Leonard. Uh, and you see what that did for him. Oh no! What about uh, Markel Fultz? So. Yep, well, Derrick Rose. Remember the Derrick Rose saga? Well, oh, he's faking it. True. He needs to get out there. Then he gets out there and everything breaks, falls apart, and he's never the same. Yeah. So true. like very true. I, I I just think I just think anybody who's an upper level NBA player, there's an amount of love for the game and, and like their identity is tied up in basketball. Like guys aren't getting the check and then just wanting to sit around. Like, no, they wanna play, they wanna compete. But yeah. you should be wise about it. Well, but, yeah, and this is not the regular season. This is not a regular yeah. season game that Kevin Durant's missing. Clearly, he wouldn't have played had this just been, oh, but it's Christmas Day. You know, uh, who cares? Fuck that noise. This is the NBA Finals. This is an elimination game on the road in Toronto. You're arguably one of the top three players in the world. You want to play. But now Durant has injured himself to a point where – Will he be the same when he comes back? I've always said Durant had chicken legs anyway uh, to be seven foot tall. Can he heal his right. body correctly and rehab it enough to be Kevin Durant again? I think he can, but Not, will he have that cutting, that explosiveness? Well, you, Only time will you, tell. You saw the stat. Where yeah, but that's anybody, a different guy. You know, like true. he comes back and he's Rudy Gay, okay, but Rudy Gay's never been Kevin Durant. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, they, and you don't want yeah. to max out yeah, Rudy Gay. No, the, yeah, the I get stat that. was what? The guys who've had this injury usually come back and they're what? A point to a point and a half less per game than um, the present. Let me, or whatever let me bring it was. That, you bring that up. You bring yeah, that up. Was, I've got the. Yeah, let me find the stats little, here. Because that's an interesting From stat. Our good friend, Jacob Goldstein, who will probably talk to us. Um, after the finals are over, he has, I talked to him today. He has agreed to come back and, we're going to talk more about this player impact plus minus that. Yeah, this dude is insane when it comes to statistics. Um, he posted two tweets that I shared. If you're on Wide Men Can't Jump Twitter page, go to at Wide Jump and uh, check this out. 
just did a quick and dirty study, but the average player who stu- who suffers a ruptured Achilles saw their player impact plus minus drop 1 to 1.5 points per 100 possessions compared to the projected impact upon their return. He says he also has multiple player impact plus minuses at plus 5.3, so it's very possible Durant can come back and still be an elite player. No previous case of a player truly at his caliber going through this recovery, though. So there's kind of a, a lay of the land in terms of the statistics in the past. But, of course, every player is different. You don't know how people are going to react to rehab, if there's going to be setbacks, um, you know, what Durant's going to be doing in his downtime, clearly rehabbing, but, uh, you know, how he recovers. And everybody's body heals differently. It's very true. Yeah. And he's not, uh, yeah. he's not 21. He's not 21 he's going to rehab anymore, hard as hell. Right. He's going to rehab hard as hell, but that doesn't mean there aren't limits. Because if he's not the seven-foot freak anymore to where threes, fours, doesn't matter, they can't stay with him on the wing, if now you don't have to go out and trap him because your four can switch out and can legitimately guard him, he's not the same guy. Like, regardless of, you know, shooting percentage and everything else, we're we're still talking about a different guy who you would guard differently and and treat differently. So, I mean, I I, I just think that's a reality. The most unlikely thing would be for him to come back and be the same. Like maybe well, he has right. to develop more of a post game and, you know, a little mm-hmm. mid-ranger. That's possible. We may see that, but. And I saw today that they figured this injury may cost him, may cost him, somewhere in the range of $60 million. Oof. Well. Because, because his difference between what he, what they say, he would have got the five-year max at, I think it was two hundred and twenty six million or some crazy number like that. And now who really wants them for next year? You know, who's gonna pay the New York the Knicks? Old... Yeah, they might. <laughs> but, but but they can only well, pay him hundred and sixty eight or something like that. If so, I'm Kevin yeah, Durant guy, but I don't here's know my here's if I'm Kevin Durant, this is what I'm doing because he's not gonna play next year. He's not. That's just a, a fact. He's got a $31.5 million player option. Now, I don't know if, if Golden State is required to pay him that if he opts into it. If he opts into that, yeah. I don't know if Golden State is required to pay him all that where he's going to be hurt and they know he's not going to play. I assume they do, but, again, I don't know the, the layout of the contract. Is it possible? Yeah, then you're talking kicker? about insurance and kickers and other things. But if he decides yeah, yeah. to opt in, yeah, he'll get that money. Well, okay, the, the, beauty so. of, the beauty of that move is, is if he does that, then he can get the Supermax deal from other teams next next year or two years from now. Exactly. Or, or and he can take his position where he's diminished and he can never get what he was supposed to. You see what I'm saying? It's a yeah, big I risk. See where like you're he just from. took a big gamble. Yeah. Yeah, I, I totally get that. Table. I guess it depends on what people are willing to throw in front of him during the offseason. You know, well, well, think, think about this dynamic. We're going from Kevin Durant hosting teams and everybody coming up with these elaborate proposals about what they want to do and how he should be there to Kevin Durant going into these meetings having to sell himself on – you know, his work ethic and how he's going to rehab and how he's going to be the, you know what I'm saying? Like the dynamic just flipped. Yeah. Yeah. You, yeah. you and I, you and I see that, but we both know that there's at least one crazy NBA team out there that will throw some ridiculous number at him regardless. Yeah. All it well, takes is one. Next, 
Yeah. Next year he's making thirty one million if he opts in. Um my idea though is if I'm Durant and I can, I'd go ahead and opt in. To I wonder how and just take how late does he how much time does he have to opt in? Does he have to opt in before before he's allowed to go to the open market or I don't know. Because well that yeah, would be that would make a significant difference because if you don't know you gotta be kind of a fool not to take the thirty million guaranteed and let the next year worry about itself. Well basically yeah, he's gonna be rehab uh, on all next year. Right. My idea though is if I'm Durant, stay with the Warriors. Um and, and you know what? The Warriors would probably let him rehab there and he's got a good area there. They'll be in a new building. Um, and he and he can remain quiet because the Warriors and, are going to be and, fine. Uh, and he should be ready. What did they say? Pretty much for a playoff run. You know, if I'm him, I don't even play then. I set out the entire season, and, and yeah, including playoffs. Because That's I don't care how well you feel if you're Kevin Durant. I don't care how well you feel if you come back too early and you shit the bed and you don't look like Kevin Durant. You've totally just destroyed anything you had. Now, again, Nas made a good point of he's going to have to sell himself, but if he comes back in the playoffs and shits the bed, nobody's going to pay him, and then he's not going to be able DeMarcus to Cubs. get that money. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, DeMarcus. Yeah, this is DeMarcus all day. Uh, everybody yeah. who's watched DeMarcus during the finals are like, okay, Mark Gasol is confident as hell against him right now. That should be a, that should be a good tale. And then for two, like, just watching him around the rim, like, this is not the guy we watched for his whole career. Like, this kind of looks sad. Like, when you see him catch the ball, you're like, damn, it's really gone that bad. Dude. Now, I mean, he like, played pretty good. He had a nice spurt last game. But like y'all said, he made a lot of mistakes at the end. But that wasn't why you guys lost. I, I think you guys were a little bit nervous in the first half about closing him out and weren't as, yeah, you know, energetic on, uh, as you were the rest of the series. The, Ra- the Raptors shot garbage for the first half of that game. They couldn't make a yeah. shot if their life depended on it. They were horrible. But to be honest, they didn't deserve to win game five. In my they opinion, didn't. They, yeah. they didn't. They didn't deserve to win. They were lucky that it was as close as it was, and for what I took away from it. Right. They and Nas, I'll just let you know. And made it what it was, but man, the pace that y'all I'm put on them is the thing they can't keep up with, bro. Oh, go ahead. I'm sorry. I, I'm just going to let you know, Tim's Canadian. I'm actually from West Virginia, so I'm definitely not root. I'm not a Raptors fan. <laughs> and, <laughs> yeah, I, I always, and I'm not the, I always call both of y'all Canadians. Oh, I, and I, I I'm not the biggest mistake for a while. To be honest, I'm it's not okay. the biggest Raptors fan either. I just, I mean, that's the only team we got, so what are you going to do? Yeah. But I, Still I, a I mean, T-Wolves this, this is the thing, though. At the beginning of the season, we said what most people understood, like, okay, Golden State's biggest enemy is injury. Because when you play from June to June multiple years, this is what happens. People start to break down. All of those minutes accumulate. And before you know it, you either weren't who you were before or people just aren't there. So, you know, we saw that in the Bulls run. We saw that in the Lakers run, Celtics run, all of these different, you know, uh, dynasties and three-peats. Like, we see people break down. Miami recently, this is what happens. So Golden State, I mean, to be honest, they made the mistake of saying, well, instead of depth, we'll just get quality talent and we'll roll out our five. Big risk because people could go down 
and that's what we saw happen. So now they got to kind of depend on Clay and Steph pulling out miraculous games uh, in order to win. But everything's in Toronto's favor, man. And if they keep pushing the pace and forcing these guys to play faster than they want, I, I just don't see Golden State winning all these games in a row. Well, it's going to be interesting because game six is in Oracle and Golden State has yet to win a road game or, or yet to win a home game in this finals. They've won two, both in Toronto. Toronto's only won one at home. So Taco Bell's getting really pissed yeah, okay. with all the Doritos Locos Tacos they're giving away. Um, <laughs> but player, player options must be decided by June 29th. Hmm. So he doesn't have a whole lot of time to no, he decide what he, as far as that part of it goes. But if he opts out, well, let's just say let's just say he opts out of that player option. Do the and of course everyone's linking him to the Knicks. Do the Knicks still take a chance on Durant coming there? Maybe not this year, or, or, or he comes there this year, but he can't play. They still need to get Durant if they want to well, get this to get this to work, what they're trying to do. Uh, because they, in in their minds, the Knicks are thinking Durant, Kyrie, Davis. And we can't get Kyrie without Durant. We can't get Davis without Kyrie. So is that plan still in motion? Even if Durant's not himself, if you sign him and bring him in, you still have Kyrie. You can still trade for Davis. And then, okay, Durant comes back. Okay, Durant's 75% of what he wants was. That's still pretty damn good. So, I think the Knicks, if Durant opts out, the Knicks got to make a move for him still. They have to try to sign him and pay him big money. Well, they may, they may even do it purely on the sense that, okay, we've, we've got him, um, what he might turn into or what he is when his injury is over, we really don't know yet. But at least we got him, and they can use it to sell tickets and – all that end of, of the business, or at least the Knicks have got a name that somebody has some value. Yeah, it sounds real Nicky. You know what I mean? Like, this is something that Yeah, it, it, sounds, yes, and, it sounds exactly uh, like something they would do. In fact, and honestly, amazing... though, it's probably worth the gamble. You know what I mean? Because you're, you're basically taking a gamble. The only problem is, I think they're still trying to stretch out Noah's contract, the, the money owed to Joe Kim. But, I mean, if you're crazy yeah. Dolan and you don't care about lux tax and all that stuff, uh, it's probably, and they, and, yeah. And they I don't. don't. They've, got, they've got lots yeah. of money. That That's not a problem there as far as, you know, they're not worried about the budget or any of that sort of thing. I mean, Christ, they've been throwing hundreds of millions of dollars it. away for <laughs> 20 years on nothing. So, yeah. <laughs> I, mean, what's I wouldn't difference? do it, like I said, man, but hey, man, I, I could see them doing this and us not being surprised by it. But uh, think about it. Now this takes one person off the table, so when the merry-go-round starts and now you don't have a partner, you see what I'm saying? That'll, that makes the Knicks even more likely to do it. Because what are you going to do, end up with Kimba? Which, you know. I mean, really, when you look at the Knicks lineup right now, they don't spend that much money. No, that was – and this was supposed to be when they make their move this off season. That was the whole I mean, point you, of it. I mean, if you take DeAndre yep. Jordan out of there, he's the only guy who's getting paid in uh, double figures for in the millions department. Nobody else is even close. So yeah, but that's because uh, they flushed all the bad contracts out. But they just did that though. 
You know what well, I mean? Right, they right, just right. Did but, that in the last well, that's what years. I'm saying. Somebody in Nickland has got to be itching to sign a check. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you know they are, and it's and right now the the big rumor with Nick fans, and if you listen to Nick fans, they're wanting to do the the trade for Anthony Davis. They are wanting to do to sign Durant because they believe that's where he was going. And they wanted to sign Kyrie because as long as they can get the the signing of Durant and Kyrie done, then they can make the trade for Davis. Once that trade is done, then there's a certain way that the cap goes that so much of the money that they have to spend isn't going to – like you get X amount off or you know cut or whatever because the contracts they're going to give up – aren't going to be like – they're not going to have just enough bad contracts in the trade to send to New Orleans uh, for Anthony Davis. They just don't have it. So we'll see what happens I, there. I, I don't I don't even understand how they're involved because they don't have pieces that really anybody wants besides the draft pick, which they I think they plan on keeping. Like, unless you're talking about getting rid of – well, Mitchell Robinson is probably a piece people want. But besides oh, he that – you look at that Knicks roster. What what do you want on that team? Well, they they are planning to offer pretty much anybody and everybody. They have Dennis Smith, who is a decent point guard. Uh, they have Kevin Knox, who people are still high on because he's only nineteen. Uh, maybe he's turned twenty by now. He's a young piece that people want to build a team around. Mitchell Robinson is the steal of the draft last year with his shot blocking abilities, and they have that number three pick. And they can also include future first-round picks. So there's there's some talk from the Pelicans that they're willing to make that deal depending. Now, there was uh, an article released today that the Knicks and Pelicans were – or the Knicks and Lakers were getting in t- contact. The Lakers have made Ingram and Lonzo Ball available, but the Pelicans are wanting to include uh, Kyle Kuzma where apparently the Lakers want to hold on. To Kyle Kuzma, so I'm not well, sure. Yeah, and, 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 and let me let me say this too: the Pelicans had the Lakers over a barrel last season. Could have taken anything they wanted from them, but I don't know if it was pettiness. I don't know if it was this organizational thing they were trying to do or whatever. But they made a huge mistake. Anytime you got somebody over a barrel, you take all of that leverage and you 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 use it. You get all the picks, you get all the young players, and you go yeah. forward. But this whole petty thing about I don't want to trade with that organization, I don't want to do with that. All you're doing is lessening what you can get back. So if you if you could like if we go back 365 and San Antonio with Pop and all his fire and brimstone stuff, like overall Pop got got. Like that was a bad deal. You took the deal without making them give you Siakam, and you would have gotten a better haul from the Lakers. But this this spite and the silly stuff, this is supposed to be about business at that point, and you need to get as many assets and good assets as you can. But if you want to start the DeMar DeRozan era, go ahead. But (laughs) I look at that – I look at the potential Pelicans trade with the Lakers. If they are willing to get – if they're willing to get Kyle Kuzma, and the Lakers are going to do it, if the Lakers throw Kuzma, Ball, and Ingram in, and they get the number four pick out of it, then maybe the wait was worth it because not only are you going to get all three of those those young, talented individuals, you're also going to get that draft pick, that number four draft pick. Now, again, 
keep in mind, the Knicks have the number three draft pick, and there is quite a drop-off from number three to number four, in my opinion. I thought they wanted an all-star player, a a super prospect, the draft pick, and then some more first-round draft picks was the story. They changed their minds. I think they changed their minds daily, and they are realizing there's not going to be a superstar just come to them. Their superstar they're going to get – they're getting next Thursday uh, with that number one pick, in my opinion. I think exactly. that dude's going to be exactly. that dude's going to be the guy. So I, mean, I don't not, think they have to work in the, much. in the NBA. When you trade superstars, you don't get back value. So the thing to do is to do what: get cap space relief, get young players, and get picks, and then move forward. But this idea that you're going to get this all-star haul back when all of the leverage is going the other way okay, because but, everybody knows you have to trade them, like. Like, I mean, they would yeah, be they everybody. Have, if they offer him Ball, Ingram, Kuzma, and two, and and that pick, and then two more, let's say another first rounder, they'd be insane take not to take that. Oh, I, I right. take, take it that and run, Take it and run because, like a motherfucker. Because not because only, <laughs> let, let's just say they take that. Let's say they take that deal. Let me let me get this pulled up here. Give me just a second. I mean, you've given, uh, up, you've given up a guy who doesn't want to be there. So as far as that goes, that's a to me, that's an organizational win already. Because I don't know why you want a guy who doesn't want to be there. That makes no sense. Right. To so that, that to me is, is a fine move anyhow. Uh, Kuzma's not a bad player already. Ingram's not a bad player already. They got still got room to be maybe better than what they are. Ball is an intriguing one because Lord only knows what he might be if they can get him away from daddy like he has been the last while. He may turn into something more than what he is now. Uh, the fourth pick can't, I mean, by looking at the draft, the fourth pick's not going to be a bad player. And then it's a matter of what the other two draft picks are. I mean, Christ, you could probably take Ball, Ingram, and Kuzma and turn around and flip them. Well, I don't well, know why I, you I do that. Right, since you're bringing Zion in, you want those young guys to grow with him because, what, you don't want to end up in this same position with Zion in a few years. So get the young guys, trade J-Ru for either picks or another, you know, well, no, more players too, what I'm and do a full those, rebuild. You know what I'm I mean? saying, though, those guys are tra- – if they don't fit in or they don't work out, those guys are all still probably tradable at least for something. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Right, they'll, they'll retain value because of their age. Right. Even right. if it's next year or, or the year after where you decide you don't like what, what they are. What, what, yeah, but, what they yeah. got or whatever. Yeah, that's what I'm getting at. I'm not saying just – Well, if, if the Lakers apart. make that move, if the Lakers make that move, they will be giving up Lonzo Ball, who will have two years left on his contract because he's got an $8 million contract next year, and then he's got a team option that can be picked up in 2020 for $11 million. Brandon Ingram has one year, uh, $7.2 million, and he has a player option of nine point four. He's clearly going to decline that and take uh, a new contract, I'm assuming. Kyle Kuzma, you have him for two years, and th- this is insane to me. $1.9 million is all Kuzma's making next year. Yeah, he ain't getting – for some reason, he really got fucked over in the contract. He was a late he pick. He was a late no, pick. No, he's a draft. late pick. Yeah, late and pick. then the year after that, Kuzma's making $3.5 million on a team option that they can pick up to save some cash. So you're looking at Anthony Davis's contract, who he's making 
20, I believe 27 million dollars next year, you still even if the Lakers ship those three, there's a 10 million dollar difference still, there. Still winning. You're still going to have to give up. You're going to have to throw in some exemptions or something there. New Orleans is going to have to make is going to make out like a bandit if they make that deal because not only are they going to get the number 1 pick this year, not only could they potentially get the fourth pick, which could be Jarrett Culver, Darius Garland, uh, players like that coming out of college who can be good players, they're also going to be getting maybe a mid-level exemption to where they can sign somebody or some kind of, of, of some options here to make it fit. And maybe the Lakers ship another young young piece. Maybe they can – I doubt they get Josh Hart in that hall, but you know maybe they get Mo Wagner or someone like that or – they could end up taking on maybe one of Lou Aldang's deals uh, for the bad contract to make it fit somehow. But there's a way that they can easily make out to make this trade work in their favor. Now, the real question in yeah, the whole no situation is there really isn't if you're the Pelicans. Now, you said trade Drew Holiday. The Pelicans have been very upfront in saying they do not want to trade Drew Holiday. They want to keep him, he, and his contract's untradeable. I don't know anybody that's going to take Drew Holiday at $26 million a year. I don't. I just don't. Um, so they're look, almost man, stuck look, with Look, that. man, I, look, look, sir, I'm in Atlanta. I saw the Joe Johnson contract moved, and at that point, I'm convinced anything can be moved. At, so there, like, there's always somebody, anything can be moved. That Joe Johnson uh, deal was probably the worst thing I've ever seen. It was moved. So, I mean, that's true. they were still a good quality point. player. Well, yeah, a guy's always got to remember that we always tend to look at things from a what's going to make the team better kind of a viewpoint. And that's not always the case when trades get made. Sometimes it's about money. Sometimes it's guys just don't like guys. There's always some reasons. And there, somebody can, if the number gets big enough or whatever it is that the team is looking for, if they can get it, nobody's safe. And don't yeah. forget. And, and, to be, and to be honest, like Jay Rue's talking that good soldier stuff now, but you get out there with a bunch of 19 year olds and you're four and 15, you know, how <laughs> long before you become the old grumpy guy and you start sounding like Kyrie and like, you, become I, Jimmy I Butler, you become Jimmy Butler. Ah, oh, fuck Jimmy oh, well, Butler. Well, we, now, well, now we know you better not send Jimmy Butler around no damn 18 year olds. He is not <laughs> here for that. But no, uh, hey, he certainly I think isn't. I was proven right this year because now people see like Jimmy is a really good player, quality dude. There's nothing wrong with him. He's ready to win though, and he's not here for anybody who ain't go watch film, ain't gonna work out, or ain't gonna go hard like he like. He's not here for any of that. He's a team he's killer. Old man. <laughs> yeah, he's a cancer. It depends, man. Yeah, he's LeBron like. Look, see, see, I know you're a Minnesota fan, but we got to be fair here. Those guys were too I, young to put with Jimmy. That, that, that's just all that was. You can't expect I'll young agree. dudes to be as mature and ridiculous as Jimmy is. Like, that's his I whole life. Underdog guy who made it. And, you know, everything is game seven. Like, he, he's an intense, yeah. ridiculous person. Do you, you think know what I'm saying? I'll agree with you. In that case, if the organization was would have been a little bit stronger and better run, that they could have maybe dealt with that. Or you don't bring them in, though. You see what I'm well, saying? No, or, I think or they thought they were further said, along in the process. You know, you guys have got you've got to realize that these guys are 10 years younger than you, and they don't see the world the way you do. And the flip side to the young guys is, hey, you know, it wouldn't hurt you guys to work a little harder. 
<laughs> right. You know, if there's a little yeah, bit of And Jimmy's, you know, Jimmy's going to say when that you're around, in a nice way, right? Yeah, you know, when you're around Jimmy, can you fucking do your push-ups and shit? And, you know, fucking around. I don't have to listen to well, Jimmy coming to the, the fucking office and bitching me out if fucking 10 minutes because you guys are fucking around with your iPads. <laughs> and eating gummies. And eating gummy worms, Andrew Spiggins. But I'm Jimmy, looking Jimmy at does not know what Angry Birds is, and he doesn't fucking care. Yeah, I'm looking at <laughs> I'm looking at the deal for the Pelicans just to make a point here hey, real can quick I, can with I say, the Pelicans. Can I say so? Can, can I add one? Go ahead. Too? And I, I think ahead, this ahead. is the comparison we we missed with uh, Jimmy. Uh, remember the linebacker for the Steelers uh, for so long who ended up going to New England at the end. Uh, strong guy, crazy. Jerome Harris. You remember him? Jerome Harris. Okay, yeah. yeah. So Bagley, but yes. Jerome Harrison. Harrison. Was it Harrison? Is that his name? I think it's uh, Harrison. Anyway, crazy guy for the so. Steelers. Yeah. They they win the they win the Super Bowl and they're invited to the White House. And you know why he doesn't go? Not because of political why? reasons. He says if we didn't win, they wouldn't have invited us. Like there are some guys who are all in. Everything is foxhole. The world is against like. And that's the kind of guy Jimmy is. Same time, you know, as Harrison. That dude really yeah, James the Harrison. Line to get his head to. It, yeah, James Harrison. Yeah, if we didn't well, win, they wouldn't have invited him. Like I mean, that's how how ridiculous some of these guys. Like you got. I mean, is Jimmy Butler like a buzzkill just for life? Period. Yes. You know, yes. You know, it's like he's just one of those yes. guys that it's this and nothing else. Yeah, okay, but yep. that to me is not hard to deal with because that's a nice constant thing. You know, yeah. I, I know well, Jimmy as the owner, you doing, like it. Yeah, I know Jimmy is going to be doing whatever it was or whatever it is he needs to do, and I, I would think I would want more fucking guys like that. Well, that we, I don't, we that missed I don't the gotta, real fireworks. That I don't got a baby. I'm sorry, man. Go ahead. We missed the real fireworks because if they had brought Markel folks on for the whole season oh, and Jesus. Jim, and they had to explain to Jimmy how this is a mental thing and he's not getting over the hurdle of it <laughs> and he needs to – do you understand that Jimmy would have destroyed that dude like day by day? Like that dude, you would have heard. had to be, what's the, uh, you know, institutionalized, man. Like, what's the, what's the Timberwolves home home building, Nate? Target Center. <laughs> okay, so you you can hear re- echoing throughout the Target Center. Lift your fucking arms! <laughs> <laughs> Just lift up for Christ's sake! Well, luckily, Colts was Jimmy, traded to Orlando. Mentally, so. you can't get it done. Right. You can't explain stuff like that to a dude like Jimmy. Well, mentally, man, nah. I just can't get over this. You know, nah. Well, no, get it. Just, well, it just, it, it just is for those kind of guys. <laughs> well, the Pelicans, though, getting back to that, now that now that we've talked about um, well, Jimmy, like Jimmy Butler. Butler. He, he makes me, it makes me laugh, man. He's Jamie Foxx. Hey, I'm sorry, man. Looks like Jamie Foxx. <laughs> That's true. I never thought of that. Right. I know he does. I've always thought he looked like him. But getting back to the Pelicans, Julius Randle is another guy who they can re-sign this year. And he had a nice season this year, if anybody paid attention. Most people didn't because mm-hmm. of Anthony Davis' situation. But he had a very nice year this year. He's got a 9 Million-dollar player option. I'm sure he'll decline. So the right. Pelicans are going to have to sign him. That's a, that's a corner piece for them if they want to continue this rebuild. 
And they're going to get Zion in there, and they're going to trade Davis. And it's going to happen before our next show. I'll just go ahead and tell you that. It will happen within the next week. All right. Uh, right now, no matter, uh, as, 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 well, it should, well, as you start the Zion era, it should. Yeah, well, exactly. Well, the the Wojo is uh, commenting right now on Twitter that uh, the Celtics and Lakers are fucking hard at it, trying to one-up one hmm. another to get to, to make whatever deal it is. So, oh, I guarantee man. Danny Ainge is, is slobbering trying to get Anthony Davis. Well, if anybody, if anybody is a, if, he, if he includes Tatum, I will lose a lot of respect for Danny. He's usually sharper than that. So I, I'm going to be surprised. Doesn't make, he doesn't make many trades where he don't win. Right. Yeah, he's been pretty. He's been pretty. He's been pretty good at the, at least in the last little while, anyway. But you never know. Some guys get, you yeah. know, they get the rose-colored glasses when they see that big name, and they're only thinking about next week, and, well, we're going to really sell some tickets and move some merch if I can go tell the fan base that I, I signed Anthony Davis. Yeah, fuck, I gave up the future for the next 10 years, but, hey, <laughs> I got Anthony Davis. <laughs> Meanwhile, Jason Tatum enters his prime in 2028. You know what I'm saying? Like, no. Yeah, well, yeah, no. there's always – those risks are always there, though, when you throw – when you start throwing in those – those kind of guys into trades. I mean, you're better yeah. off just to and, me. You're better off keeping him. I don't. I don't know too, why. Did, I, I'm not so sure that I really want Anthony Davis that badly. Not because he's not a good player, but but I'm not so sure I want to give got, up what they're going to have to give up to get him. Tatum on a rookie deal? No, I'm not trading that at all. You know what I'm saying? Like I'm keeping that guy. And just to mess up the show a little bit, like I hate to do this, but. My conspiracy theory, so let me just throw this out there. The hosts do not agree with this. This is my conspiracy. I find it funny how I find it funny how Randall was able to walk away from the Lakers, no compensation to New Orleans. Uh, New Orleans power dynamic changed as far as ownership, and, you know, the wife's take central control. I think there was a nod and a wink deal that they were letting Randall walk over there, and then they're going to complete a trade. And then the shuffle, you know, they shuffle the deck as far as the ownership. And then they say, "Wait a minute, what? No, we're not, we're not trading him to you guys." And then you know, Team LeBron tries to make it public uh, to kind of force and pressure them. And then New Orleans dug their heels in even more and never acknowledged the wink and the nod deal. Uh-huh. I think we're looking at some, you know, Joe Smith, T Wolves back in the day stuff. Mm. Because, oh, God. Dude, how do you make heads or tails of that, though, dude? Like, why would you let Randall walk away without getting anything back to New Orleans? And then there's all of nobody, a sudden, you get all the, you know, it makes no nobody, sense. There's, make nobody left in, uh, there's nobody left in Lakers management to confirm that anymore, either. Because they're just about all gone. <laughs> Everybody's right. now at the bread line. But uh, speaking of which, gentlemen, before we continue our conversation here, we do have some bills to pay, and if you're in the bread That's line right. and you need a good lawyer, you need to call our good friend Stephen P. New at newlawoffice.com. We'll be back in 60 seconds. Personal injury, product liability, workplace accidents, mesothelioma law, social security disability, unfair insurance practices, family law, employment discrimination, and more. All this can be handled at New Law Office with Stephen P. New. It's New Law Office with Stephen P. New. You can get your free consultation today by calling 1-800-208-9169 or 304-362-7345 for your free consultation. 
a new level of personal service. Whether you've been injured or facing divorce or experiencing workplace discrimination, you can rely on compassionate, thorough representation from New Law Office. Be sure to contact Stephen P. New Law Office at newlawoffice.com or again get your free consultation at 1-800-203-9169. Stephen P. New, answers to your legal questions. Thanks again to the law offices of Stephen P. New at newlawoffice.com. All right, guys, had to pay some bills. We're back continuing our conversation. It's Nate, it's Tim, and our good our good friend from the 404, it's Naj from down there in Georgia. Naj, I'm glad you called in. Let's keep the conversation going. This has been fun. Oh, salute, man. I always like talking to you guys. But you just tell me somebody can look you in the face and tell you they let Randall walk because they didn't want to pay oh, and then gave one-year deals to KCP and Rondo and all these other one-year deals they did last year. Like, it just doesn't make sense. That's all I'm saying. Uh, it, it doesn't. I agree. I agree 100%. Break, it makes no breaking, sense. Breaking sports news, Nate. Breaking sports news. Not, not basketball-related, unfortunately, but uh, Game 7. Stanley Cup final, the St. Louis Blues have went ahead one nothing. Oh, damn, look out. Like see the Blues do it. And sorry, I couldn't get to the I couldn't get to the news break button, so No, if it's like Jimmy Butler gets traded back to Minnesota or something like that, I'll I'll scream. Breaking news <laughs> You would be the only guy that screams <laughs> But you'd be the only guy screaming, buddy. But anyway, you know, we've been talking. We've been talking so much about this Kevin Durant situation. We haven't really talked about the NBA Finals. We haven't talked about, you know, we talked about, and, and I do want to touch. Nas brought it up a little bit earlier. I want to touch on this. And Tim, you you already you've all both stated your points, but I wanna I want to bring this up. And everyone talked about when Durant went down, the injury that came to Durant and. There were some fans that cheered, and clearly that was across the line. However, however, I will say this. To the fans that cheered when somebody got seriously injured, now whether they were reacting to it being a legitimate injury, if you react to a legitimate injury in a game and you cheer, fuck you, okay? As much as I hate Jimmy Butler, I don't wish him to be injured. I don't. I I really don't. But... If you're out there cheering someone getting hurt in the finals, that's wrong. Now, on the other side, if you're a keyboard warrior on Twitter who jumped on and said, no longer rooting for the Raptors, their fan base doesn't deserve a championship because, like, a (laughs) smattering of fans cheered. Oh, get the fuck over yourself for two seconds. Good God. It wasn't like they brought the cheerleaders and dance team onto the court and said, okay, Kevin Durant's injured. Let's do a halftime celebration. No, says, the players not, even told uh, yeah. the fan. The players even told the fan, you know, no, this is not the time for that. As, Just uh, get over yourselves for two seconds. Said, there's, there's not a fan base in any sport at that level that hasn't had that happen to some degree. Seems to me, Golden Golden State fans were accusing James Harden of being a faker not long, not long yeah. ago. So, and and all that, you can't tell me there wasn't a handful of Golden State fans that cheered when Chris Paul got hurt in the Western Conference Finals last year. If you tell me there was, sir, sir, 
sir, I got to do a correction. Uh, it's Hips Paul, not Chris Paul. Get, you know, we got to get that right. <laughs> true, very true. <laughs> wow. Or uh, I don't think anybody was caring too much when Kevin Love went down for uh, whatever happened to him back in. You know, nobody, oh, yeah. Let's be they honest. Give two shit. Nobody they didn't give two shit. shit. Kevin Love got don't hurt. Act, don't act like somehow everybody should. I mean, okay, cheering is wrong, too. But, but why would I really, you know, sort of, okay, the guy's not long-term injured? What do I care? I don't. Let's be, let's be serious. I don't care. Oh, my team has a better chance of winning? Okay, well, that ain't all bad. Like I said, I don't want to see the guy, like, not be able to play basketball again or whatever. But in the same breath, he, he got hurt. It happens. Moving on. Part of the I mean, game. God, like, like we said, there, there was yeah, a good, time. 20, good there was a time. The fan base of all good people. Yeah, let That's, me know that, is true. Yeah, okay, that, that is true. But, I mean, it's crazy, I mean there, was a, there was a time not that long ago when guys would get hard fouled underneath the basket get a broken noses and guys were trying to hurt guys and that didn't bother yep. anybody. Nobody cared. Now, I mean, I guess it's kind of, it's kind of a, it's kind of a, a, a microcosm of the society, I suppose. That... Yeah. I mean, we're, we're taught, we're taught this, we're taught this at a young age, man, high school, bitty ball, like whatever you want to say, when somebody goes down, especially on the road, the other team claps when they get up and you know, you do the whole sportsmanship thing. Like, and this that's is all, not and that's like some, cool. you know, that's normal. You know what I mean? So, yeah, these people are ridiculous that did cheer and do all of that stuff. But, of course, it's every fan base. There's some crazy people in there. No, but in, the, but in the same breath, it doesn't mean that the fan base, that there should be a hushed silence over the arena as we wait to see the fate of Kevin Durant. Let's get on with the game, too, at the same well, I don't know. I'm, I'm not saying this is all. I can't remember all just, of this is is uh, what do you call it? Custom. Like this is you know a fake custom yes. that we all. Do. And I got. I mean, it's all showing, showing respect to your opponent is one thing. I'm okay with that. Yes. But in the same breath, to act like somehow that everybody in in the in another city should care that this guy got hurt or not is a bit of a pipe dream too, because people don't. No, not at all. <laughs> you know, you're 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 supposed to smile on the inside and do the whole custom and tradition of acting like you know the sports. I mean, that's all. I but come from a, I, I come from a country where the major sport is where guys do smash each other into the boards on a regular basis. Guys get hurt. Nobody, you know, that is the point. <laughs> really, I mean, what about? I mean, should I watch MMA and? And be sad when a guy gets knocked out. Though we got to be quiet because he got knocked out. No, well, that's well, kind wait of... a minute. If, if he get if he gets knocked out and it lingers a bit and yes, the person's then, not coming to, right. we then do the gotta, fake sportsmanship then, there. Yeah, too, then you got a different story as well. Yeah, no, so I, I mean thing, I, I, I get it and I don't get it. I think it was it was uh, it could have been pointed out that yeah, some people got a little bit too excited and then it got blown yeah. out of way out of proportion. As these things it do. got blown out of proportion because you are the Canadian fans, so you know the well, no, story some, always is the Raptor fans are so great. Somebody made a uh, somebody made a, a a fake video that showed a, a bar supposedly in Toronto, and when he got hurt, that everybody in the bar jumped up and were high five, and and then somebody said, uh, "Look at the uh, uh, you can see a window; it's broad daylight outside, which means it didn't happen when the game was on. So it was all bullshit." Well, you know, man, gentlemen, we got a call. When I was, 
When oh, I was another. seven years old, the Giants broke Joe Montana's neck damn near uh, in order to win the <laughs> NFC Championship game. Me and my father jumped around and, and got excited in the living room. Okay, like, for people yeah, to you act just like that, those aren't legit feelings within sports is crazy. But like I said, custom tradition, you do the fakery. I mean, that's I, just what it is. I agree with you yeah. 100%. Well, we've got a phone so call, and this is uh, – I'm not sure this number, but we'll go ahead and have him on, too, to jump into the discussion. Hello, caller. You're on the air with Wide Men Can't Jump. Hey, guys. It's Tom. How you doing? First time caller. Hey, how you doing? I'm good. I'm literally just uh, tuning in. So I think you're talking about KD, but if you let me know what you're talking about, I can probably jump in. Well, yeah, we're we're talking KD, Luke but uh, since you're – go ahead. Go ahead, No. No, I, I was going to say, be careful. This is one of those analytics guys. He's real sneaky, man. No, shout out to him. He's a good dude. <laughs> I've talked to him before. Good guy. Uh, but, but, Tom, let, uh, the AD let me bring yeah, this I mean, up. I was calling to talk about um, the uh, a Lakers potential Anthony trade. Davis, I right? I was, I was, yeah, yeah. I was calling to talk to him. Okay. Just kind of what you guys think about that. Well, I recognize you're from the uh, the California area code, my good man. Uh, yeah. So, uh, uh, yeah. assuming you're a Lakers fan. Yeah. I don't know if I we am. can allow that. I don't know if we can allow that. <laughs> we're going to have to I'm take a vote. I'm a good man. Well, I promise. Well, I'll All tell right. you what. Fair enough. <laughs> I want to hear, hear your thoughts on the Lakers um, off on this, tra- this potential trade. So yes, good go idea. ahead. Yes. Good idea. The floor is yours because I want to hear from a fan that would be kind of in the know. So go for it. For sure. So I think what you're seeing right now is we're kind of paying our own tax for uh, our basic ineptitude, right? Like we, um, our front office really has been an absolute mess. We've not developed players well. Um, the LeBron thing was a success, but the Magic Johnson era was just a disaster, right? I mean, like, we got a LeBron. I'm not as down on the season as I was last year. I'm not as down on our players as a lot of, like, the national uh, 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 media is. But at the same time, I'm realistic on what they are, right? Lonzo, I think, has potential, but the reality is he's been injured half the year for two straight years. Ingram has potential, but the reality is is he still takes 23-foot, two-point jumpers, and has not developed a three-point game. And so those guys on their own <clears throat> are not worth – I mean, I think they're worth more than people are saying they are. <clears throat> oh, sorry, I got something caught in my throat. Um, but what's, what we really lucked out here was getting the fourth overall pick, right? I mean, like – and so realistically – Anyway, realistically <laughs> – what, if you if you take a look at what other other teams can offer, right? Can Boston still beat our offer? Yeah, they could offer Tatum and Brown and someone else, but I wouldn't be smart for them because they're going to lose Kyrie Irving. I mean, I really do actually think that they are. And then you're kind of into like the Portland Trailblazers, the Knicks, and the reality is like no matter what you feel about the Lakers' assets, um, Lonzo, the fourth overall pick, and Ingram is a very strong offer. Um, what, what frustrates me a bit is that if you really stack up, say the best other offers that I think are going to come in, meaning I think Boston's going to offer basically Jalen Brown, uh, the Memphis pick and Marcus Smart, I think maybe, I think the Which Knicks will offer a probably, fifth fight. 
if somebody calls right. you with that offer, you should fight them. Like seriously. Right. And I but like but really I think that's what the offer is gonna be. But I, I I I think that's what the offer is gonna be. Maybe they'll throw another another pick in there. I think that the I think the Knicks is, are gonna offer everything, but the Knicks don't really have anything I'd want other than the third overall pick. I think the rest of their players are not great. And so I think the reality is that if you look at what the Lakers are bidding against an offer of Ingram, the fourth pick, a future first-round pick, and Kuzma should get it done, but they're going to have to give Lonzo because the Lakers are assholes and they've handled themselves like assholes, and they're going to have to pay a tax and them to give up an extra asset that they really shouldn't have to give up because of what they're bidding against. That, being, that kind of being said, you know, it's Anthony Davis. I think the fourth pick, Ingram and Lonzo, is a fair trade if that's what it ends up at. And the Lakers are, are dealing with the reality that, like, I don't – if you get Davis on this team, maybe that changes the narrative for their free agency hopes. But to me, like, they're more in the running for, like, uh, uh, you know, a Nikola Vucevic, DeMarcus Cousins-type free agent than they are for a Kyrie, Kemba Walker, Butler-type free agent. And I think if you don't get Davis, you have a really good chance to walk from this offseason empty-handed, but at the same time, it's, it's when you're in a negotiation, right, sometimes it's okay to acknowledge that, like, look, sometimes you just don't have the leverage. The Lakers don't really have the leverage here. They need to get Davis. They probably have the best offer, but they, they, they can't be cutesy with it and lose him because they there will be big repercussions if they don't get him. At the same time, yep. like the fourth pick ought – the fourth pick, Lonzo and Ingram, is already a lot. Like, I really like Darius Garland. I think the guy's going to be very good. I, I, I think Lonzo, you know, he, he, he definitely has a low floor, but, like, the guy is a, is a good NBA player, and I think Ingram can be very good, too. And just when you compare what other people are offering, it, it is not just a competitive offer. I'd say it's the best one. But if the Pelicans come back and start saying, we want future first-round picks and we want Kyle Kuzma and, like, you just have to walk away from the table and say, all right, you know, yeah. like maybe we can go get Bradley Beal for Ingram and Kuzma or like just figure out, I, I don't, I, that might, they probably can't get him, get him for that, but maybe you can get Bradley Beal for the fourth pick and Lonzo. I don't know. But like there are other options out there. Other options will inevitably pop up. And like, I just hope that they're smart enough to walk away from the table. But like the number one narrative you're going to see that I'm going to laugh at the most is that um, is that no matter what the Lakers give up, right? If it's, let's say it's the fourth pick, Lonzo and Ingram, in the middle of the season, the narrative was that everything the Lakers were giving up, Lonzo, Ingram, draft picks, Kuzma, Hart, was a garbage offer and that every player on the Lakers was garbage. I guarantee you that the second they give all three of those guys up and land Davis, should they actually do it, the national story is going to be the Lakers are morons and they gave up way too, too much. I guarantee you that's not and if that's going to make logically and factually no sense because it's the, the, the arguments are literally circular and like literally arguing the exact opposite of each other at the same exact time. But that is what's going to happen because they're going to have to further the actual narrative. So I hope they get Davis. Right, but, but, do but, but that, that's, don't pay attention to first take and all of that stuff because they have to write out content. But, but overall, Tom, like you're making good points. Like I agree, there should be a point of a line of demarcation where they say, okay, at this point we walk away from the table. The Lakers should do that. But when we tell the story of the Lakers, we have to admit, Jeannie was really good at learning the business end, 
but she was really bad at taking over and running the <laughs> basketball in. She used, she used magic, like never forget, she used magic to run her brother off the job. That was a part of the appeal of magic coming on. Magic wasn't coming on the scout. He wasn't coming on the crunch numbers or anything else. He's the old waving guy who smiles. That was his job. When you bring in Palinka and you're listening to the Rambus family and stuff like that, that was the issue with the Lakers. And overall, if you get AD and LeBron, you're a legit title contender, even if you don't get another big fish, because AD actually lengthens LeBron's ability to be, you know, one of the top three players. Without AD, he's going to struggle because, you know, he's lost a bit. But with AD, LeBron becomes – he becomes a monster, and it's not well, hard to build yeah. around those two. I mean, well, Tom, the key oh, here, right? Yeah, I mean, like, I think the key is, and the reason that you, like, with Kevin Durant out for next season, right? Like, we've seen, like, we've become so used to, I think, um, basically needing three all-stars to even be competitive against the Warriors that we've forgotten what, like, normal basketball is like, Right. When Kevin Durant was playing at 50% against the Raptors, it was starting to look like they weren't winning by a ton, but it was starting to look like they might wipe the floor with Toronto, right? At 50% Durant. He never should have been out there. But, like, like yeah. with Durant out and the Warriors a normal basketball team again and, like, all basketball teams once again just normal, like, an AD and yeah. LeBron with other – like role players around them can win a title. That team probably wouldn't beat the Warriors. The Warriors would still probably wipe the floor with that team at full strength. But like with everyone back to normalcy here and back to, you know, three superstars on the team, as opposed to fielding team USA, like we, we, I like it, it makes it more worth it for the Lakers to do a trade like this, because realistically, if you get a, a D right, you still have max cap space. Even if you don't get a max player, you can still go out and get J.J. Reddick for $12 million and um, Trevor Ariza for $7 million. Yep. Yeah, like, you know, and so, like, you can still build – you still have $32 million. So, like I said, like, if if you land Ariza and Reddick and maybe you take a flyer on Cousins who no one's probably going to pay more than $7 million – there are players out there, even if you don't get a superstar, that, that, like, the Lakers can fill in and, like, make a real team. And, like, you know, if you, you field that team, I just said, which is absolutely realistic. Like, it's realistic they get J.J. Redick and Ariza and someone else or, or some version of that. That team could win the title right. for the next couple of years. So, it's worth it to me. Yeah. And, and the number four pick well, Tom, is let me bring this up. LeBron on the team, too. You know what I mean? Like, LeBron is not about that bring the young guy along life. Like, LeBron's an old dude who's about contending, and that's it. And he don't want no young boys in the huddle. So, you know, yeah, that pick is just something to move. So, I, I agree with you, man. I'm sorry, uh, host. No, you're fine. Uh, let me bring this up to you, Tom, because it has been made clear. Uh, I'm trying to find where exactly I saw this report. I think it was Bleacher Report. I'm almost certain it was Bleacher Report that, that put this out, that uh, the potential Lakers AD trade, and it is Bleacher Report, could hinge on Kyle Kuzma. Apparently they are making it clear they want Kuzma in the deal. And that's per the Los Angeles Times, according to Bleacher Report. Now, let's say 
I'm assuming they're not going to give up all three, but they may uh, just to please LeBron. I'm not sure. But what do you think about – I know, would you rather keep Ingram and trade Kuzma or keep Ball and trade Kuzma? Or is Kuzma a guy you want to see stay in a Lakers uniform? Oh, my God. If you can give Kuzma instead of Ingram or Ball, like let me drive this yeah, out do and pack his back. But my <laughs> – but my, what my understanding of it is, is they also want Kuzma. And the Lakers are saying, you can have two of the three, but you can't have all three. And so it's not necessarily yeah. that they're stuck on Kuzma. It's that they're stuck on, we don't want to give you all three of these guys. And I, like, look, I, like, like I said, I already think that the fourth pick, Ingram and Lonzo, is a very, like, Look at Paul George was – I mean, Victor Oladipo worked out. But, like, no one thought Victor Oladipo was that when he got traded for Paul George. That trade was universally panned for being awful for the Pacers. Kawhi Leonard fetched DeMar DeRozan. Like, I mean, this is a king's haul. Not a king's haul. It's a very – it's the best haul for a superstar demanding to leave in a very long time. And it's like – I'm sorry. Like, they're not going to get the Magic Johnson offer, and the Lakers shouldn't offer the Magic Johnson offer because – that's just not the situation now. Like when the Lakers were offering all that stuff, it was under the expectation that if AD went to the Lakers, that that draft pick the Lakers are giving them is the 20th pick in the NBA draft, the 21st pick in the NBA draft. It's now the fourth pick in the NBA draft. Like that is a super good asset. Like it changes all this stuff. They should not, the fourth pick significantly trumps needing to throw Kuzma and Hart into the deal. And if the Pelicans say, look, we're not going to do this unless you give us Kuzma, Ingram, Ball, and the number four pick, like, you have to walk away because, like, you know they're not going to get no. anything better. So, at the very least, you're forcing them to take a worse offer from someone else. And if they're willing to do that out of spite, I kind of understand it. But, like, you can't panic. Because you can't have LeBron and AD and no one. Like, LeBron is 35 years old. He's not 25. So, you have to limit his minutes. So, like, AD has already proven he can't win games by himself. The way I feel about Anthony Davis is that by himself, I think Anthony Davis is maybe the eighth to ninth best player in the NBA. With LeBron, you maybe make him the third to fourth best player in the NBA by the simple fact that AD can't well, do well, like he hold, can't. Hold on, I'll score. go bigger. Yes. he'll win MVP playing next to LeBron. LeBron will make sure. Possible. Meaning he'll Possible. T- he'll take a little less as far as numbers and try to really showcase AD, you know, for doing him the solid of coming over, being a clutch guy and all of that. And I, I get your point, but there comes a line where you don't quibble so much. And if you've got to give up Kuzma included, yes. But the biggest piece there is Lonzo because Lonzo has all-star potential, uh, despite his crazy father and all of that. Yeah, a guard that quick defensively who can play the way he can play, uh, God forbid he ever can shoot. Like, yeah, like Lonzo is the is the piece in there. And if you're in New Orleans, this timeline works out perfectly. You bring in those young guys, you start off with Zion, and now, you know, in a few years you won't have this same situation where Zion is threatening and saying, I want to get out. So they need quality pieces to make sure, you know, that, that you know, they don't do this again. But I, if I, I don't Lakers, know, man. Like, if I'm the Lakers, what I'm what I'm saying is basically this. I like like at some point in a negotiation, you just get dead honest and you say something along the lines of like, look, we're gonna like you're going to run out a lineup next year for your fans of Darius Garland, Lonzo, or or, or Culver, whatever. You're gonna run out a lineup of wh- whoever your number four pick is, 
Lonzo, Ingram, Williamson, and Drew Holiday. Like, your fans should be, like, super excited about this, right? Like, his, Kuzma doesn't do anything okay. for them, but he does a lot for the Lakers. And so if you're the Lakers, you're just like, you know, you're making this trade have to make no sense for us, and we already feel like we're giving you everything you should need in this trade. Tom, like, are, are, you, are yeah. you sitting down, Tom, right now? <laughs> I am. Uh-oh. Yeah, because I'm. I'm saying? gonna have to. I'm gonna have to break it to you. He just got traded somewhere else. No, but the Lakers are gonna do something incredibly fucking stupid. Oh. Okay. Because they almost. <laughs> because they almost. <laughs> they almost have to. Because if they don't, they're gonna have a pissed off LeBron James, and they don't want that. And then they're gonna waste another year of LeBron James, and they can't have that. They've got to make that trade. Right. They don't have. They don't have a choice. They've got to make it. I won't, look. I really hate. I, well, really, the, I really hate the, the bill this, option like, is realistic, though. I, I mean, I like. I, I would think, say yeah, that if like, the Lakers had a front office that I could trust to do anything, but I don't. I don't even know who's in charge there. I'm pretty sure the Lakers don't know. If the Rich Pelicans. If the Pelicans tell the if the Lakers if the Pelicans tell the Lakers they want all those players and they want a Coke machine and a fucking coffee maker, the Lakers will be sending a Coke machine and a coffee maker in a deal because they need to make this deal. Their fan base is going to revolt if they don't. The problem is I I, right, but there are secondary deals, and the thing is, what kind of you know what size Kahuna? No, 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 no. There are no secondary deals. LeBron wants yeah, yeah. Anthony well, Davis. That's all there is. There's no more. There's no more in Lakerland. He does. He does. But when you start talking about guys like Bradley Beal and some of the other guys in the league who you can get for, you know, similar packages, there are ways that you can rework this and do it. And, of course, you're going to work with Brown on it. But, you know, there are ways out of this without giving up everything. I oh, think, oh, so, no, I there's think Tom's going too far. I'm there's saying the three, the three guys and the pick. The three guys and the pick, I say you do it. I don't think that's too far. But anything beyond that, that's when I walk away. But I, I think the three and the pick, three guys and the pick, I, I say you do it. But right now we're in, we're in Lions yeah. season and we're in Lincoln season. So the idea that right. these reports that we're getting are, like, valid, like, no, we're getting leaks from both sides and both sides trying to control the narrative. Like, we're not getting anything substantial right now. Also, don't forget. They're going to do it, and if they don't, they're going to do it for the or for next to the same amount of players for somebody who's not as good as him, and that's going to be but even don't worse. Forget. Don't forget, though. I'm going to throw this little fact out there. Remember oh, the like reports that came show. out. Well, I'm, I'm bringing facts to the table. It's what I do. Um, <laughs> remember the report that came out that Kawhi Leonard was going to stay in Toronto because he bought up some real estate and bought a house? Kawhi Leonard completely denied that he had bought any kind of property in Toronto. There's still a possibility, because we know Kawhi Leonard wants to go to L.A. I think he ultimately stays in Toronto, but there's a possibility, even if they don't trade for Anthony Davis, they could possibly sign Kawhi Leonard and still get a couple of solid free agent pieces. So if I'm the Lakers, if you can sign Kawhi Leonard, if you can maybe get a lower piece, maybe get a a Chris Middleton or somebody like that who can take less money – uh, to potentially play with a team with LeBron and let's say Kawhi Leonard, then you hang on to those pieces because then imagine how good your bench just got uh, with Kuzma so, and Ingram and Ball. But like I yeah, did, but imagine putting your fortunes on reading Kawhi Leonard's poker face. <laughs> 
Like, ah, I don't even know if I'd want to go down that road. Like, you have no have, idea what that dude is I thinking. I have never you know I mean? seen a guy respond to questions with such utter indifference. He's the best. He's the best. He, like, no, I love no, no, yeah. If it's an act, it is the greatest act of all time. Because his response to everything is, well, it's all right. You know what I... You know what I like about him? He just has nothing. Go ahead. He's like Bill Belichick. Go ahead, Tom. You know what what, I like about Kawhi Leonard? I actually, I actually think I, I kind of, I kind of wish the media was spinning the the narrative around him a little bit different because they're spinning the narrative that he's like really weird, as opposed to spinning the narrative of like this like introvert who like doesn't talk to anyone. He's like leading a group of like NBA basketball players to a title, like through his sheer actions. Like it's kind of it's kind of amazing. Yeah, I don't. I don't think he's weird at all. I think he's just one of those guys. He he just doesn't care to say much. Well, I'm not sure his name is Kawhi Leonard, and I'm not sure he (laughs) hasn't murdered somebody decades ago, and we'll just never find out if he is now. I'm not convinced of that. So I mean, it is what it is. Love him. Love him. I think what the main point that I have wanted to make, right, and why I'm trying to give a good name to Laker fans, is that we're not going to get Kawhi. Like, if we get Anthony Davis, I don't, like, maybe that changes the equation on some of these free agents. Because admittedly, you're sitting in a room with LeBron and Anthony Davis, and there's a max spot on the table. You're probably looking at the being able to win a title. But if you don't get Davis, I really don't think we're going to get any of these free agents. Like, there's a reason the Lakers are going so hard at Davis right now, because I don't think they think they're going to get them either. Like, I really think we're looking at, like, the Tobias Harris kind of tier, and I don't even think we get him. So, like, yeah, if we get Kawhi, so you, great. That's freaking awesome. Like any... like, I... Go ahead. No, I mean, I just, I think that the Lakers need to act like they're not going to get those guys, but, and once again, I would not be shocked if they did something incredibly stupid. I wouldn't be shocked oh, at all. Gonna, but but <laughs> the thing is, is like you don't. At some point, you're you're uh, you're shooting yourself in the foot. Like if you have Anthony Davis and LeBron and literally no other basketball players on your team, LeBron's not 26 years old anymore. You're not you're not going to win the title. The goal here should be to win the title, and like you just you know like I'd rather. It's not like having to move like I don't even want to bring up the trading of LeBron thing because I don't really think that's that's a that's a thing but look at the last like year and a half within the last year and a half Paul George Kawhi Leonard Anthony Davis have all demanded a trade you don't know who's going to demand a trade like Bradley Beal could demand a trade like there are players out there who knows maybe Kemba walks in the door and decides you know what I'll sign here I actually like this blah 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 like you you could argue that if you simply add Jimmy Butler to if, if you add Jimmy Butler to this team if they luck out and manage to get him and then keep their assets and trade just the fourth pick and Ingram for Beal that like you still are a title team you know like with, I, I don't know man I, I've never seen anybody who is beloved in Philly walk away like Jimmy's reached that level now in Philly yeah. when they love him. So I, I, I doubt he goes anywhere. They had, uh, they had as far Jimmy as, Butler. Uh, LeBron better start playing some defense. Oh God, those <laughs> meetings would be horrible. Oh, film sessions I've, would be now, a nightmare. Oh my God. <laughs> I've seen. I haven't seen too many beloved players walk away from Philly, 
But I've seen a couple beloved players get traded from Philly, and one of those guys is Dario Saric. Uh, when he becomes a free agent, don't yeah, be shocked to see him go back. Yeah, let's, he let's, may, let's he will not go forget back. that that's another city that that ownership and management is a little bit goofy in Philly. Yeah, a little bit. I, 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 I do think this this playoff run kind of made Jimmy into a certain I don't want to say iconic type Iverson style figure there. Like I don't think that I think that relationship is going to go forward. I don't know if Simmons and Embiid finish, but I think he'll be there. Like I think they really, really love. Well, we know. But, one thing we know about Philadelphia though is, is if you got to max out Kimba, I I don't know if that plays well anyway. Like maxing out Kimba is ooh, like yeah. Kimba, but ooh. Um, if I'm the Charlotte Hornets and I have to give them a five year super max, I'm terrified. <laughs> if I'm a team that gets to give, but if I'm I mean that's that's a that's a disaster the day you that's, sign it. If I'm a team that gets to give him four years, like Kemba Kemba will be good next year when he's twenty nine. He'll be good the year after when he's thirty. He'll be good the year after when he's thirty one. And then you'll start to see him decline and he's thirty two. But like Kyle Lowry's thirty three, like he's kept it up for the most part. Like I, I you just don't want to like you know, you don't want like the Chris Paul contract where you have the small guy and you're paying him through thirty eight. Yeah. Like I wouldn't be overly concerned paying them 20 like the age of 29 through 33 is I think you're, you're only really risking like one bad year I think you'll get three more good years out of Kemba before you start to see because remember these guys take a lot of good these guys take good care of their like uh, bodies now like 32 is not what it used to be so like 32 looks a little more like 29 than you know so like I would be a little worried about having. Yeah, but I'm not. I'm not talking about age. I'm talking about ability. I would rather take the risk of Lonzo ceiling than bringing in Kimba and knowing exactly what Kimba is. I don't think he pushes you over uh, as much as you know he would cost. So I think if you get Kimba, that's basically a surrender. Like the off season had been a disaster, and we came back with this. I will say this about Kimba, Um, and, and you mentioned the years Kimba has on him. You got to remember though, this guy didn't come into the league until he was a junior, so he doesn't have as many years on those legs as say a lot of guys who came straight out like a LeBron. Who I mean, clearly LeBron's older, but guys that came out after their freshman year or straight out of high school. He and, and I'm not saying that that you know co- uh, college basketball doesn't take some years off, but college is no. You play what thirty games in the season, yeah. and, or a little more than thirty games, and then you got the <laughs> tournament and the it's conference tournaments, you're not playing an 82-game season grinding like the NBA. So I think Kimba's got more right. than four good years left in him. I would yeah, match I mean, Kimba. I like Kimba. I'll say I think this. Kimba is a fantastic point guard. Yeah. Kimba's, Kimba's not I like him. I just choice. don't like him in L.A. Yeah. Oh, go ahead, Tom. I'm sorry. I, I mean, Kemba's not my number one choice, but if the Lakers manage to walk from this offseason with Kemba and Anthony Davis, I mean, like, that's oh, – yeah, I, that's I can't even imagine. Like, that's not happening. So, like, I think Kemba is uh, – Kemba, Kemba's, Kemba's kind of, like, guilty of the NBA system, meaning, like, the max contract system is just weird to begin with because, like, Kemba is not worth as much as Kyrie. Kemba is not worth as much as Kawhi Leonard – you have to pay them the same amount, yeah. but that's just their that's just right. their system, right? Like, yeah. That's just how it works. Right? The entire uh, NBA cap system makes absolutely no sense. Right. It does if you never well, want and to remember. Value. <laughs> and remember this: uh, you're also in a league where Mike Conley is getting paid a lot of money as well. So 
you can look at all those contracts and, and stack them up. But Naj, Tom, we've got about a half an hour left, and I've got to get to this interview that I promised I would play tonight. So I do want to thank you both for calling in tonight. I really appreciate it. And uh, you guys are welcome to call back next week. Well, next week we're going to be really busy talking NBA draft and going through our draft picks. But if you guys see us on and you want to call, please, you're welcome to call. We might might be on uh, if if the uh, Raptors wrap it up, we'll be on tomorrow night after the game, which might be too late for you, some of you, but on the West Coast it wouldn't be. And, uh, yeah, so there's always that. Yep. And if they don't wrap it up tomorrow night, then they will be, we will be on Sunday night after game seven. So we'll be on either after game six or game seven, whoever wins the series. We'll be on live after the game for post-game reactions. Uh, and you both are welcome to call in anytime. I really do appreciate you guys calling in. This has been a real fun show. Good conversation. I love it. Appreciate it, guys. Have a good night. Thanks, guys. See you, Nosh. All right, we got to pay a little bit of bills here, and we'll be right back after this. Are you sick of the boring, same old campsites with the same old girls and the same boring content? Well, now's your chance to jump over to a brand new website called cambay.com, C-A-M-B-A-E.com. When you're on Cambay, whatever you want and whatever you desire is right at your fingertips. Be sure to join right now and use promo code WIDEMEN to get 20 free credits on Cambay.com. Use those credits to go towards whatever your fantasy is and make sure that you know Cambay.com wants to make you as happy as you can be. Be sure to join right now. Again, it's Cambay.com, C-A-M. BAE.com and unlike college, it's not going to take you guys 20 free credits to finish. So join cambay.com right now, use promo code WIDEMAN and get your free credits. If you're into comic books and collectibles, then you are going to want to check out Atomic Comics and Collectibles LLC. They buy and sell comic books, action figures, pop funkos, vintage video game systems, vinyl records, and other collectibles. Retro and vintage collectibles are their specialty. They have fair and competitive pricing on all their items. Their prices will make you say, Oh my God! Currently, they run on Facebook, and they're in the process of getting their own storefront in Logan, West Virginia. Give their Facebook page a like and keep updated on new merchandise and announcements for Comic-Cons and store opening in your area. They do ship, but only within the United States at this time. Atomic Comics and Collectibles, LLC, where yesterday's memories are today's future. If you are looking for anything comic book or collectible-wise, you are going to want to do one thing. Assemble. And head over to Atomic Comics and Collectibles, LLC. Check out their Facebook page, Atomic Comics and Collectibles, LLC. And that was our sponsors at Cambay.com and Atomic Comic and Collectibles, LLC. Tim, I shared today the uh, Funko Pop from Atomic Comics and Collectibles, LLC. It was the uh, from Ghostbusters. Uh, I, did, I saw did you get a chance to see that? I saw it. Yeah, they I got that for sale. They off. said that the only one they had in stock they had sold, but they said they should be getting, hopefully getting more in. It was Dr. Peter Vinkman with the firehouse and it was on sale for $30. So go check them out 
on my cabinet for you to purchase that for me so I could put it there. <laughs> well, that would be great. Uh, but speak, you know, we had we had Naj on, we had Tom on, uh, we got another guest on, Jeff, our man Jeff. Welcome aboard, sir. What's going on, guys? Busy uh, night at the Wide Men Stadium. St. Louis Bruins is up two to nothing right now. I love it. The Blues or the Bruins? Because you said the St. Louis Bruins. The Blues. <laughs> Two nothing for the Blues in the second period. Awesome. I hope they win it. But uh, guys, other night I'm gonna be short. Okay. Uh, no, take your time. Other night, game game five, Raptors rally back, and uh, I think it's ninety five, ninety two, early in the fourth. Well, kind of getting close to the midway point. Yeah. Raptors go on an 11-2 run. And I'm not for sure if that what I'm about to talk about has been talked about much on TV or whatever I worked through today. And I would say it probably has. And uh, it flashed back me to a time in my high school days when I played basketball. But anyways, the Raptors went on an 11-2 run. Leonard gets hot, uh, catches fire. They get up 103-97. to Okay? And then they, ha- they have the ball. Uh... 312 remaining and have all the momentum in the world. As I said, Leonard's on, on fire, can't be stopped. Uh, Golden State isn't hitting anything. And what does Nick Nurse do? <laughs> oh, I know where this is going. He calls a time out. Why? Why would you do that when you have all the momentum and you let, let the uh, defending cha- two time defending champions? Regroup. It's 103 to 97, and, and Leonard's got the ball in his hands, and he's just, what, scored eight of their last points, I believe. And they got nothing after that. They had a 24 second shot clock violation. They had, uh, they Lowry did have an open three, not the one that he missed at the end of the game, but, uh, and he had a good look, but they were just out of this raid. They let Golden State regroup. I just, I don't understand his logic on that. It could be inexperienced where he's coached in the NBA, NBA DL or whatever uh, for, for a while, or just maybe it's been that position. But I had a high school coach. We'd be going a big run like that, and he would do the same thing. Uh, I just We never could understand the logic in that. And, and that just I, – I, right when he did that, I was like – Golden State's going to come back and win this game because of that and at least give themselves a chance. And if they go on to win, you know, game six and game seven, I mean, that's somewhere they can look at. But do you guys uh, know who Chris Darden is? I, I don't know the name right offhand. Tim, do you? Do you know Tim? No, sorry. Well, Chris Darden was the prosecutor in the O.J. Simpson case that asked O.J. to try on the gloves. And that's about what okay. that was, in my eyes. That was a big mistake. <laughs> oh, I thought that was Johnny Cochran who did the. No, no, no. He well, he was OJ's defense, but the prosecutor asked OJ oh. to try on the gloves. Oh, because was a big one, mistake. If it doesn't Cochran fit, you must quit. Yeah, if they don't fit, you must quit. Right. <laughs> right. So, I mean, that's. I just if they lose, you know, he, Nick's going to need a nurse probably after the. <laughs> 
Luckily, you've got free health care. I, I just don't understand, man. I don't know if it's been discussed on, you know, like uh, if if Skip or uh, it, it, uh, Dan has been talking it, about it or Stephen A. Smith or who. But uh, I don't know anyway. about down there, but it did it did make the news here that he okay. kind of got he kind of got the tongue lashed a little bit because you know it was the same kind of thought process as well. What was he what was he thinking? Like, yeah. I, I don't even know. I mean, sometimes you set up a play or something, you know. But you know, at that point, you I mean you're about to win the NBA championship, and the defending champions are in disarray. I just, they I just, just I, didn't, I didn't understand it. Nick Nurse got a call from the mayor of Toronto. He just didn't want them to loot and burn in Toronto, so they're going to win it on the road. <laughs> well, I'll say, it still I'll say this: if they win. Oh, it will. I'll say this though. Um, I think that was part of it, but I think there was also – notice the last – you know, since Kawhi picked him up, put him on his back. Then they did not go back to Kawhi seemingly the rest of the game. They kept the ball out of Kawhi's hand. Now, I know that he was being double teamed, and I know that uh, Lowry had a decent look at the game winner, but you got to look at that and say, you know, oh, that- Kawhi Leonard was on – Fire! There that was no last business. Possession was god awful. Yeah, they doubled Kawhi. I don't know about you guys. I'd rather have double teamed Kawhi taking the the shot to win the NBA Finals than I would anybody else. You've got I mean, to design a play for him. I mean, he he there. drove to the basket and then pulled back, and everybody came with him. And I thought, where? Why is somebody not under the basket? Where is everybody? But everybody's off. On three point land, then they only needed and you only needed two. A, you only needed a two. And I'm like, all he's got, all he would have to do is lob it under the basket, and there was room there for three guys. Yeah, I don't know. It was I don't. A strange it was a strange way to draw up a play if they did draw that up. I don't think they drew it up. I think they were just going to let Kawhi make that decision because they trusted him. But I don't know. It, it's one of those. It's one of those mysteries, and and Nick Nurse, the timeout made no sense. I don't understand that. Well, I don't know what kind no of. Uh, and then there was a lot of uh, there was a lot of uh, up here anyway, a lot of deflecting for Kyle Lowry. Oh, that shot got tipped. Yeah, it got tipped by the barest of margins. It should have been a lot closer than the outside of the backboard. It wasn't a particularly <laughs> good shot. I don't know if he was he trying to draw like a foul rushed, there. Maybe, I don't, I don't know. know, but yeah, yeah, maybe, but it shouldn't have been in his hands, like Nathan said. No, really. I mean, yeah, he is—he yeah. is not the guy that should be shooting with a game on the line. No, but I think Kawhi's got to take the shot there. That—that's not a. Uh, I, don't, well, I you, just don't think that. Was... You, you, you dance with the girl who brung you, right? Exactly. Right. <laughs> Uh, I, I think well, Toronto. I mean, I originally, I think I saw Nathan the other day. I told him game B seven games, but I, I think they can win the next game. But I'm just saying, I, if it well, doesn't, now that, if it doesn't come back, that'll they'll come back to haunt them for a while. Yeah, I think now with Durant being out for certain, I, I think that's going to be a big. Well, one of two things: they'll either rally around it, or it'll kill them. But I, I think Toronto plays better on the road, anyhow. I think they got a better yeah. chance of winning in Oakland than they do at home. Right. 
Yeah, I mean, if you get to game seven, anything can happen. So. Yeah, yeah, you don't want it to get there. They they definitely need to win game six, I, I would think. Yeah, I think it's a must win. It's a must win for Toronto. they got to win in six. No ifs, ands, or buts about it. Game six is where they, they need to do it. Uh, one thing I do want to bring up, though, is in case people don't know, next week is our big NBA draft show. We mentioned that we're going to be going live after either game six or game seven. We've yet to – it'll depend on um, – if the Raptors or Warriors or, you know, either one, when the series is over, uh, the seventh game or the sixth game, after the series ends, we're going live that night for post-game reactions and talk, co- comments, talking, things of that nature. Um, so we'll have to wait and see when we go. But it'll either be Thursday night, tomorrow night if you're listening, or Sunday night. But next Wednesday is our big NBA draft show. And Jeff and I will be on talking NBA draft. We are going through and doing a mock draft, uh, and we're going to break down the draft and what we think will happen. Um, and I'm going to throw this out live on the air, Jeff. Are we doing the first round, or are we just going to are we going to go ahead and just do the whole draft? I'd say we do what. I mean, we'll try to do all two round, uh, both rounds. I, I would believe. I mean, time permitting, I'm okay. sure. But, but okay, uh, both rounds it is. I wanted to make yeah, sure it's uh, what we normally do, so we'll go for I've it. I've got it on a pretty good authority too that we're going to get to Frank's picks. Oh God, Frank, <laughs> Frank from, from Frank from Flintflong is going to make some picks. Uh, random picks. He's not going to pick the entire draft. Uh, the okay. ones he wants. He has lucky numbers, and he'll he'll be picking those in those spots. <laughs> We're looking forward to that. And, Jeff, we're glad you're going to be back on with us next week doing this NBA draft. And uh, I know a lot of people are looking forward to it. Yeah, a lot of people are looking forward to hearing what we have to say next week. It's going to be a fun show. And uh, I I do want – we've asked everybody tonight, what's your thoughts on the situation going on with uh, Davis? Now he's (laughs) narrowed down his suitors to the Lakers and the Knicks. What's your thoughts there? Well, I thought that it was the Celtics uh, in on it too. Maybe they get they fell out. Well, they're uh, trying yeah. to make a move, but Davis Davis indicated his long term plan is to sign long term with either the the Knicks or the Lakers. So we'll have to wait and see. I think it'd be good for the NBA if the Knicks got better again. But really, they need at least one of them to get better. You know, of course, the Lakers is a ideal choice with you know LeBron being there and their history. Uh, you know, more of a winning history than uh, New York, but uh, well, one I think the of, NBA the, wants it to happen. <laughs> yeah, they want one of the, him yeah. to be one in of L.A. The pieces needs to move, and then then all the pieces will start. You know, once one guy goes somewhere, okay, well that means he can't go to these other places. Then they'll start. Then everything will start moving. So, I I, I think once the Davis trade get happens, which I'm going to agree with Nate. It's probably going to happen in the next couple of days. Then the avalanche will begin by draft time, or at the draft, maybe, if we get lucky. be interesting to see what they give up. Yeah, that's that's going to be right now. (laughs) That seems to be what this entire show has been about. We've covered a multitude of topics with all the callers, but, man, oh, man, this has been a fun show. I've really had a good time here. I fully agree, though, though that it's going to be in, in the end if if they get them, if the Lakers get them, they're going to give up too much. 
They may have, I hope to. They have to. We'll have to wait. Yeah. yeah, which is which was my next <laughs> point is I think they have to. I don't think they have a choice. I think they have to go get they have to go I, get him. A lot of people are saying they don't want to include Kuzma, that they only want to do two of the three. They have to remember you've got a limited time to win with LeBron James. So you if you're years. gonna want if you wanna compete if you want to compete next year and you want to win a title sooner rather than later, you've almost got to give up all your young assets. LeBron's not about young assets. LeBron's about winning right now. You've got two years. He'll be 30. He'll be, what, coming 36? He's going to be 38 yeah. years old. He's already lost. People can say what they want, but he already has lost a quarter of a step from last year or from two years ago to this year. He slowed down oh, considerably. Uh, I agree. I don't think he's the same player, but you know, it's a debate, I guess. But I'll tell you guys this. I was able to sit down and talk to Trevor Lane from Lakers Nation. Jeff, don't go anywhere just yet. Got something I want to bring up to you in just a minute, so don't go anywhere. But Trevor Lane from Lakers Nation is going, is joining us. I sat down and talked to him the other day and we talked a lot about on there. So let's go ahead and dive to my conversation with Trevor Lane. Joining me right now is the senior writer for Lakers Nation and the host of the Lakers Nation podcast, Trevor Lane. Trevor, thank you for jumping on Wide Men Can't Jump and uh, talking with us a little bit. No problem. Thanks so much for having me. Oh, not a problem. Well, first, let's go ahead and dive in, talk about the Los Angeles Lakers. Uh, a lot of turnover and a lot of drama this offseason with, um, you know, the Lakers, they get LeBron James, but they don't make the playoffs. There was some injury there, and we can debate all day if they would have been there if LeBron had been healthy, uh, which I think they would have, but that's a different for a different uh, talk for a different day. But uh, there were some reports recently going around that LeBron James, uh, this would probably be the year where if the Lakers don't land somebody, he may bolt. Um, what What's the rumor? What's the What can you tell us that you know for sure? Or what can you tell us that, you know, is just media BS? Well, that's, that's something that came from Bill Plaschke of the LA Times when he was on George Sedano's uh, show, on ESPN 710 LA, um, and he was joined by Dave McMenamin, who didn't didn't really confirm the report, but just said you know he had heard some some things about that. And it, look, the reasoning is sound. LeBron James is going to be 35 years old this season. Uh, if the Lakers are unable to, let's say they completely strike out in free agency, they don't land anybody, they get nothing done on the trade front, and they wind up bringing back essentially the same roster. So they bring back all the young kids, and then they bring back uh, guys on one-year contracts so they can try to hit free agency again in 2020. If they were to, to put James in a situation like that, that's that's not a good spot for him to be in, knowing that he wants to contend for championships. You're pretty much guaranteeing that you're probably not going to be contending for a championship unless there's some just astronomical improvement by Brandon Ingram or Lonzo Ball or Kyle Kuzma. So, uh, so yeah, look, it, it would make a lot of sense for him to, to be considering going elsewhere, but I can't say that that's an absolute last resort. You look at the things that, that LeBron has said, it's all very positive, all about staying with the Lakers. Yeah, like there isn't, there's not a whole lot else he can say right now. He kind of has to be be positive because he's going to be 
the the main force trying to sell the Lakers to free agents this summer, and so that's that matters. But um, he's he's not going to be able to say a whole lot of negative things in the moment. Uh, but should things completely fall apart and he completely lose faith in the organization, then maybe he asks out. But uh, again, we're we're a long ways away from that, and that would be a complete last resort because that looks bad for the Lakers, that looks bad for for LeBron. That's not good for anybody involved. His family's in Los Angeles. His kids love being in L.A. His son just transferred to a new school in Los Angeles. He's actually going to be playing high school basketball with Wayne Wade's son. So, yeah, I, I don't think it's something that would happen realistically. Look, maybe a 1% chance of that happening if the Lakers just do do nothing. So I, I guess that's, that's where it is. It's not something that I'm putting too much uh, stock into right now. Okay. Well, you hear the rumors, the rumblings. Um, a lot of people are saying that LeBron and his agent are basically, and again, this is just, I'm just the messenger here. So uh, you've probably heard this as well, that they, they're holding teams hostage, uh, especially with the Lakers. And they were the ones that maybe caused Magic Johnson to step down. Uh, there's a lot of demands on their end. Of course, you know, people love a good, a good controversy story. Um, what say you? Is LeBron really holding this team kind of at his will here? Is he the one dictating uh, the GM and the coaches being fired and who gets hired and who doesn't? Um, is he exerting influence? Yes. I mean, of course, he's he's going to. He is the most popular player in the league. He has that kind of power. He has power like pretty much nobody we've seen before, aside from maybe like a Michael Jordan, um, in terms of influencing things that happen around the NBA. But um, but is he you know holding the Lakers hostage? No, and that's because he gave up that right when he signed his contract. He signed a three-year deal with a fourth-year player option. You look what he did with the Cleveland Cavaliers, where he signed one plus one deals, where there was a constant threat of him leaving as a as a free agent the following year. And so that's where the Cavs had to go make moves. Otherwise, LeBron was going to leave. Um, he doesn't hold that power over the Lakers. They have him under contract for at least another two seasons, possibly a third season, if he exercises that player option. So, um, so look, yeah, he is influencing things, there, but they have kind of um, – they negotiated that in. They knew that they were going to come to him and say, hey, LeBron, what do you think about player A, B, and C? What do you think about these guys? Should we go after them? Uh, and that he was going to have a voice. Uh, but he does not have the final say on things or, or anything like that. I think he's been careful to try to distance himself from that whole thing because of the perception that he does kind of run franchises when he shows up. Well, we saw the uh, the contract that they gave Jason Kidd. He's going to be the highest paid mm-hmm. uh, assistant coach in the league. What, what was the thought behind that, paying an assistant coach so much money? Is it just because of the name recognition, or do they really think Jason Kidd is going to bring some value to this team? Uh, look, I mean, it tends to, and I don't know this from the Lakers or anything like that, so – now, I want to make sure I throw throw that qualifier out there, but it makes you think or gives you the impression that they kind of wanted to make Jason Kidd a head coach um, and that they just, just weren't able to. Some say it was because of his past legal issues and things like that, um, that they weren't able to just give him a head coach spot, and so instead they've made him the, an assistant coach. Yes, there's name recognition with Jason Kidd. I'm sure there's some appeal to pairing Jason Kidd with Lonzo Ball, thinking that that kid will be a good mentor for him. So there's some real positives there. But, um, you know, it's got to be an uncomfortable situation at some point, too, for Frank Vogel, knowing the kid really wants to be a head coach again in the NBA. 
and uh, we'll see a Vogel's kind of looking over his shoulder for most of the season. But, yeah, it certainly was a bit curious when it came out that the kid is actually going to be the highest-paid assistant coach in the league and, and why the Lakers would do that. They haven't said anything about it publicly. We haven't heard anything about it. But um, it, it does give the impression that they, they really, really like him. And, um, you know, if, if anything happens with Vogel, then they'll probably turn to uh, the Jason kid, I would imagine. The Luke Walton exit. Walton uh, leaves the Lakers, which everyone assumed that would be the case this year. Um, was there anybody internally wanting to keep him? Like, did LeBron like him as a coach? Were there, you know, some of the young players, that was one of the only coaches they knew. Was there a fight to keep him, or did everyone say, no, I think Walton needs to go? Yeah, you know, internally there were people who liked Luke Walton a lot, and there were people who wanted him to stay. Um which isn't, a surpri- isn't surprising at all. Luke's a very, very personable guy. My interactions with him have always been very, very positive. Uh, he's always come across as somebody who, who puts thought into his answers, takes the time to talk to everybody, and um, he just he is that, that likable personality. So, so, of course, there's going to be pushback to, to anybody getting rid of, of Luke. Um, the decision, I don't think, uh, was, was just made by the Lakers, though, because you look at what happened with Magic Johnson, clearly he made it – clear 100% that he wanted to fire Luke. He wanted to get rid of Luke Walton. And uh, and said so Luke just wasn't really ready for the, the role, the position he was in. And that's that's fine. You can have that opinion. Um, Luke then knew, though, because it was public, he knew for sure, even though he had been hearing for a while, he knew for sure the Lakers were going to get rid of him. So, of course, when it comes time for them to sit down, he's walking into the meeting knowing, hey, look, they were going to get rid of me. Now Magic's gone. Maybe they're not. Do I even want to stick around for this? Meanwhile, he's, you know, hearing from the Sacramento Kings, like, hey, if, you know, if things don't work out with L.A., we're interested. And and so that's going to have some appeal. Just get a fresh start somewhere else. I really think it's probably going to be the best thing for him uh, as a coach is to just go get a fresh start and, and kind of get out of this kind of toxic cloud that he was in with the Lakers where he spent an entire year where his job status was in question. That's not an easy situation. I think he is a good coach. Uh, I think he's going to gonna be in the league for a long time as a, as a head coach. But, um, yeah, it just wasn't working out with the Lakers. And, and no problems with the Frank Vogel hire. I think that was a, a good replacement for him. And I totally understand the Lakers wanting more experience than what Luke Walton could could offer and a better assistant coaching staff and, and all of that. So I think really both both parties may wind up the better for it. We're looking at free agency this summer. It uh, starts in a couple weeks, and the Lakers are – a team with a lot of cap and a lot of moves they can make. Um, clearly, they're going to be after some top names. I mean, Kawhi Leonard was really – it was almost assumed that was where he would end up, but now I believe that's in doubt with what's going on in Toronto. Uh, there's a lot of big names that are going to be available. Is there anyone in particular outside of Anthony Davis, and we'll talk about him. He's not a free agent yet, but we'll talk about him here in a minute, is there anybody else besides Anthony Davis that the Lakers are really eyeballing and saying, this is the guy that we want here? Uh, You know, I would have to imagine everyone, all these top guys, if they can get, that's the, that's been their plan A for a long time, right? Has been the, the goal of going after a top level level free agent, because the benefit of going after a free agent versus trading for someone like an Anthony Davis, and maybe you can do both. We can talk about that. But uh, but the benefit of that is that you don't give up any assets. All you lose if you go sign, say, a Kyrie Irving or Jimmy Butler or Kawhi Leonard, Kevin Durant, whoever, uh, you go sign any of those guys. And the benefit is all you're giving up is cap space. 
So you're not parting with any of your major assets. So if there is an opportunity there for them to sign any of those guys, I'm sure the Lakers would jump at it. Of course, we've heard through rumors that the Lakers are not number one on any, anybody's list, that the Lakers are more two or three on most of the lists of these top free agents. So it's certainly possible that they don't land any of them. And we can debate who the best fit would be. Is it, you know, Jimmy Butler? Obviously, his uh, abilities on the wing would be a nice fit. Kawhi Leonard would be tremendous. I know the Lakers would be doing backflips if they were able to land him. Um, all of these guys can fit in their own right. Uh, the, the real question, though, is can Rob Palenka and Cam, uh, LeBron James ultimately sell the experience of coming to the Lakers despite all the turmoil that they've had this summer? And that's, that's going to be a question that we'll find out the answer to uh, sometime after June 30th. Yeah, and the Lakers were on the short list for the Anthony Davis uh, sweepstakes. Uh, the Pelicans are now putting out what they want offer-wise. They are looking for draft picks, superstar, a superstar player, and a solid young player. And, of course, they said that's a sliding scale. The better the star, the the I guess the worse the draft picks can be that they're willing to trade mm-hmm. for. Uh, the Lakers basically offered, if you believe reports, the Lakers offered nearly their entire team outside of LeBron and a couple of players for Anthony Davis. But it almost seems like now there's going to have to be a third team involved in order to make this work. Um, I know the Lakers are definitely interested in bringing Davis to L.A., pair him with LeBron. What? Um, and they actually have some, with that fourth pick from the lottery, they, they have some, some room to maybe make that happen. What would a potential trade for Anthony Davis look like from the Lakers? What are they offering? Is the same offer still out there, or has things changed? So as far as the, the offer goes, I think it, it has to change, and that's that's because of the, the jump up. So if you go back to in, in the draft, you go back to the trade deadline, and the Lakers were hoping to land Anthony Davis in order to make – a playoff push. That was the the hope that you land him, you put him and LeBron James together. It doesn't matter who's around them. They're going to make it to the playoffs. So if you're the Pelicans and you're looking at the Lakers offer, which I call it the kitchen sink offer, right? The offer was what was reportedly Lonzo Ball, Brandon Ingram, Kyle Kuzma, Josh Hart, Evita Zubats, uh, two first round picks, and they were going to absorb the bad salary of Solomon Hill. So all of that in exchange for Anthony Davis, which I think is a, is a pretty darn solid offer. I was, I was surprised that the Pelicans would uh, turn that down. But in any event, they, they decided to turn that down. Um, if you're looking at the Lakers' assets back then, and you're looking at that first-round pick that they're giving up, you would have had to have assumed that, at best, that pick is, is not a lottery pick because you figure the Lakers would make the playoffs. So you're talking about what the maybe the 17th or 18th pick in this draft or something like that. That would be how the Pelicans would have to evaluate that asset. Well, now that the Lakers didn't make the playoffs and they landed in the lottery and then jumped up in the lottery, that pick is now the fourth pick in the draft, so that's going to carry a lot more value than, say, the 18th pick or whatever they would have wound up with had they made the playoffs. And so because of that, I think the Lakers can still have a very strong offer without giving up that kitchen sink deal where they trade every single young player in order to get Davis. Now, as you mentioned, that Adrian Wojnarowski piece from ESPN came out today where Woj was talking about, look, you know, David Griffin wants three things. He wants an all-star, a guy who's already established because apparently the Pelicans still want to make a push for the playoffs. Uh, They want a young player who has all-star potential, and they want draft picks. Well, the Lakers have two of those three, right? They've got young players with all-star potential. They've got draft picks. They have those things that they can give them. They don't have that all-star guy that's already set in place. So that's where a third team would have to come in. The Lakers would have to find a all-star level player that another team would be willing to ship to the Pelicans 
in exchange for some of their young assets. So say the Pelicans wanted Brandon Ingram, and then the Lakers shipped Lonzo Ball to a third team, and that team sent some sort of all-star caliber player to the Pelicans. That is how it would have to be structured in order to get David Griffin everything that he wants. But, of course, it's a negotiation. Trades, you don't always get everything that you want in a trade. So it's going to be really interesting to see all that play out. And perhaps the most exciting thing is it's going to be coming to a conclusion soon because the Pelicans want it done before the draft, which is on the 20th. So uh, so we've got about a week and a half here for a deal to get done. Yeah, and it's going to be interesting because the Pelicans, uh, they're clearly eyeballing either the number three or number four pick to land a solid piece to go with their number one pick, which is going to be Zion Williamson. Uh, I guess it depends on if they like R.J. Baird or someone else. Um, so we'll have to wait and see how that turns out. I did see, however, that the Lakers, if they, let's just say hypothetically they don't make the uh, the trade to get um, that piece that they were looking for in Anthony Davis, but they are able to mm-hmm. somehow, or they, they keep their their fourth pick, they have been very interested and linked to a private workout with Darius Garland, the point guard from Vanderbilt. I saw that uh, the other day that that was the guy that they were working out privately. And, and I think it seems – and LeBron James was also there for that, according to reports. If he's available at the fourth pick, and I assume he will be, is that the way the Lakers go in this draft, take another point guard and maybe kind of wash their hands of Lonzo, or do they want to pair those two together? Uh, well, I think you can pair Lonzo and, and Garland together, and it's because of Garland's shooting ability, which the Lakers badly need, and Lonzo's size and defensive ability. I think those things actually work pretty well together. So you could pair them, not saying you would start them in the same lineup together, but you could run them for, for some minutes on the floor side-by-side, side, in theory anyway. Um, as far as who they actually go with, we know Jarrett Culver had a workout with them the other day, and the Lakers really liked him as well. Um, heard some positive things there. I did hear personally that some people were a little concerned with the shooting that he showed during the workout. Um, shot okay from three, but it, when they went into some other portions of their workout, there were some, maybe some uh, some things to worry about with his shot selection and things like that. So that's um, that's something that we've heard and that we knew coming out of college was that the, the question about Culver was his ability to hit jumpers and uh, and really knock him in at the NBA level. So as far as who they would pick, if they had that pick uh, to make, if they're not trading it to anybody, which frankly at this point I'd be a little bit surprised if they do hold on to the pick. But should they actually hang on to it? Uh, look, Darius Garland is a clutch sports client. He's, uh, you know, Rich Paul is his agent. I don't know how much that matters, but I think his skill set fits a lot. I think if you're going to swing for the fences, if you want a home run, he's the home run pick, where it's like a Culver or a DeAndre Hunter are more kind of the safe picks there. Um, I would be in favor of going Darius Garland. I wouldn't be surprised to see the Lakers go that route if they wind up keeping the pick at all. I think that Rich Paul being his agent actually matters more than what people think, uh, personally. Uh, You bring that point up, and I believe that these – I believe the agents have a way of talking with the players, especially those with influence, like LeBron James, and – they can help sway the office on which way to go. So I've got a feeling that that may play a role here in this draft. Um, Let's look real quick at the Lakers. And, you know, you got a lot of that young talent. Is Brandon Ingram where Brandon Ingram needs to be at this point in his career? Most would say no. Um, What does he need to do maybe to develop and get better and, uh, you know, maybe become that second overall pick worthy player that uh, he just hasn't turned into yet? 
I, I think he has. I, I think that he, he has. I think we saw it last season. I think a lot of people just don't realize that he showed it last season because the narrative going early on during the during last season was that Brandon Ingram hadn't grown enough, that he wasn't figuring out how to play with LeBron James. His on-off numbers with LeBron showed that he wasn't he wasn't comfortable playing on the same floor with LeBron. It wasn't working out well, and that kind of stuck. But Brandon Ingram is also a notoriously slow starter. He starts season slow. He did it at Duke. He's done it all three years with the Lakers. The problem was by the time he really picked it up, and we're talking about January and February, and started showing his true potential, by then uh, the narrative had already soured on the Lakers. Everybody was kind of down on Brandon Ingram. LeBron got hurt. They started losing games, and then it became a, oh, the kids can't win without, without LeBron. They must not be that good, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Um, it wasn't necessarily the kids, though, that were struggling. It was actually the veterans that the Lakers brought in. It was your JaVale McGee and, and Rajon Rondo and those guys who were really struggling, and that was, you know, despite some strong play by the young Lakers, they weren't able to win games because they didn't have a strong supporting cast, ironically. But uh, but Ingram was tremendous in January and February of, of this past year, right before he went down with injury. He was everything that Lakers fans could have hoped that he was going to be with that second overall pick. He was getting to his spots with ease. He was scoring over guys. He was walling off entire sections of the floor defensively. He was, uh, he was super efficient from the field. He's even knocking in threes at a, a solid percentage, as I recall. Either the month of, month of January or February, he got up to about 39% from three. Uh, he looked in control at all times out there on the floor, and that was a, a big step forward for him. So the big thing for him is, in terms of his growth, is figuring out how not to start slow. Because now we know he can do that. We know he can hit that level to where – he would be, if he played an entire season the way he did those final few weeks, he would be a legitimate all-star candidate. And so if you can you can figure out a way to get rid of this whole slow starting thing, and maybe that'll be tough this season with him coming back from injury, but that would be my goal if I was, if I was the Lakers. I would be trying to figure out a way to get him firing on all cylinders, coming out of the gate, so you get that version of Ingram right away and hopefully for an entire season because there is still a load of potential there. I still am a big believer in his upside. I think that um, that he could very well become an all-star caliber player for them. Kyle Kuzma is another guy that people are excited about. They love the way he plays. Um, but has he reached his ceiling as a player? Or do you think he's got more room to get better for this Lakers squad? Uh, no, I don't think he's, he's reached his ceiling. He's what? What is he now? 23, I believe, off the top of my head, maybe 24. Um, he was one of the older guys coming out of the draft. And so, you know, that's certainly a factor when we look at upside and everything, but uh, most players don't don't hit their prime until, what, 28-ish, right around there. I think he has plenty of time to continue to uh, to grow and develop as a player, uh, especially given his work ethic. Um, yeah, he's 23 right now. He'll actually be turning 24 at the end of July. So uh, Kuzma's work ethic is, is tremendous. We heard all about the three-a-day workouts that he was doing last season. Uh, you know, you can question his shot selection and things like that. He didn't shoot that well from three last season. He's already working on rectifying that. We've seen him working with the shooting coach this summer. He has – there's something that some players have, this, this internal fire, this internal drive to be great. And maybe they never get there. Most don't. But, but Kyle Kuzma does have that. He does have the drive to be great and the, the desire to be great. And, uh, and that's something, you know, will he ever be a true superstar in the NBA? Probably not. Okay, but, uh, but to say he's reached his ceiling at this point at 23 years old when we know how much work he puts into his game, I'd say that that's pretty unlikely. I think that he's, he still has quite a bit more growing to do, especially defensively and with his shooting. And, you know, he shores up those two things, 
and uh, and you've got a heck of a player. Um, okay, Josh Hart's another guy that people seem to really have quite a bit of interest in. He's a he's a fun player to watch. What are your thoughts on Josh Hart, especially with him uh, for the next season going forward? Yeah, so so Josh Hart, um, a lot of people are were kind of soured on him last season because of uh, of his knee injury. So he was dealing with issues with his knee, and so from oh gosh, it was about December on. He was just about playing on one leg. He just he couldn't do the things that the Lakers needed him to do. His shot was completely thrown off. His three point percentage went down to like seventeen percent because he didn't have his legs under him or anything like that. Uh, if you watch Josh Hart during summer league, where he was summer league MVP, and then you saw him at the beginning of the season, uh, when he's healthy, he is a very very good player. He's a the kind of role player that you want because he will dig in. He will do all the dirty work on defense. He's a solid rebounder for a guard. Uh, he's not as good as defending uh, defending on the perimeter as you would think. He's actually not that quick laterally. Water, uh, laterally, sorry. Um, so staying in front of guys can be a little bit of a challenge for him. But for his size, he's extremely good actually defending the post, where it allowed the Lakers to go small and run him as like kind of a quasi power forward, even though he's he's six five. So he uh, he does really well there. He's incredibly strong. He's a good shooter. He finishes well at the rim. He jumps off the wrong foot uh, most of the time when he's attacking the basket, so that kind of throws defenses off, but it also gives him a lot of stability in the air where he's good at, at absorbing contact because of it uh, when, he's, uh, when he's attacking the rim. So I like Josh Hart a lot. I think he's a, a, a great role player, a great piece to have on the team. I, I don't think he's going to be a star or anything like that. I don't think he's ever going to make an all-star team, but I think he's the kind of player that every team needs to have either coming off their bench or in their starting lineup because you know you're going to get maximum effort from him at all times, and he's just going to be that kind of grit-and-grind player that you need. Well, let me let me just ask you one final question here, and I will let you go. And I do appreciate you giving me so much of your time here to talk about the Lakers and uh, to break down everything for us here on Wide Men Can't Jump. But uh, let's look at this offseason um, – what would you envision? Because we know the worst case scenario here. We know worst case scenario: the Lakers don't get anyone, and LeBron walks at the end of the year, and they're basically left with a big core of young players. What's your best case scenario? Like, just maybe, maybe not looking at this as an analyst per se, or as a writer for the team. Or mm-hmm. what would you say for you? What's the best case scenario in your mind for this Lakers team? This offseason, who is the guy that they could really get and solidify themselves as a contender? I mean, absolute best case scenario for me would be you land Kawhi Leonard, you land him in free agency, and then you're able to make a move for an Anthony Davis uh, via trade that doesn't see you sending out all of your young, young assets. So if you could figure out a way, let's say you trade the number four pick, uh, a future first, you trade Lonzo Ball, uh, you trade Kyle Kuzma, Josh Hart, right? And then whatever other pieces you need in order to get close salary-wise, you'd have to sign your number four overall pick. Let's say it's Darius Garland. You'd have to sign him and then wait the 30 days to include him in the trade package in order to match salaries uh, for Anthony Davis. So if you did all of that, then you'd be looking at a, a team uh, once all this, once the dust settles where you would have LeBron James, Kawhi Leonard, Anthony Davis. You'd still have Brandon Ingram, which would be <laughs> – I mean, a ridiculous amount of length on the wing. 
then you could go after some veteran minimum guys. You'd have a room exception left to go out and, and go shopping in free agency. So I think that would be the, the dream scenario for the Lakers. It doesn't sound like it's very likely for, for Kawhi to wind up coming to uh, the Los Angeles Lakers, but still, uh, I guess that would be the, the very best case, that you're able to both execute the Anthony Davis trade while hanging on to one of Ingram or Lonzo Ball and still get a deal done that lands you one of the top flight free agents. I, I think that's that's best case scenario. Uh, is it likely? No, but uh, but hey, we can dream. <laughs> what's your thoughts on uh, speaking of Alonzo? What's your thoughts on Lavar Ball? Uh, Lavar, I, I haven't had many issues with him. I, I've spoken to him a few times. He's he's exactly like you would think. Kind of once the, the cameras go on, he flips on the Lavar Ball persona and everything. And uh, he's look, he can say some things that can be challenging for the the team to to deal with and everything but ultimately he's just he's Lonzo's dad he doesn't have that much say or weight in in what happens and uh and Lonzo ironically is pretty much the exact opposite Lonzo is very quiet Lonzo is uh is not very outgoing or extroverted uh in all of his communications he's very straight to the point with things and uh and so yeah it's kind of funny when you when you talk to both of them, how different Lonzo is from his dad. And that's really what matters. It's, it's Lonzo. It's not necessarily LeVar or his personality or his antics or anything like that. Well, I see you, sir, are not what we consider a big baller. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> I joke. <laughs> I joke. That, Trevor, that thank true. you so much. Thank you so much for jumping on here and talking a little bit of uh, the Lakers with us. And, uh, oh, before we go, uh, we're taping this before game five of the NBA finals. Uh, throw a little prediction out. What's your thoughts on the NBA finals moving uh, as we head towards game five tonight? And we don't know if there'll be a game six, but what, what's your thoughts? What do you think will happen? I think given the, just the, the crowd support and all the emotion that's going to be in the building there at, uh, in Toronto, I think that uh, I, I think the Raptors get it done, even with KD coming back. Just because he, you know, he hasn't played in a while, he's coming off of injuries. Probably not 100%. Clay Thompson's still a little banged up, um, so I think the Raptors get the job done defensively. They've been so so good. They um, they really have, have taken the Warriors out of what they wanted to do. So I think the Raptors get it done. But I'm hoping, not that I usually have a rooting interest or whatever in, in this game, but I'm kind of hoping the Warriors extend it because I'd be excited to see this series go on and see what happens with a fully healthy. Warriors team to see if they can uh, they can really give the Raptors a run for their money. So so yeah, I I will hope that the Warriors win this one and then we move on to a game six and then ideally a game seven. But uh, but yeah, I, I kind of have the feeling that the Raptors are gonna are gonna get it finished. Well, I'll be looking forward to watching it tonight and uh, we'll see what you think. And after we air this interview on Wednesday evening, hopefully the uh, We'll see how right or wrong we were. So it's always good to do these and then hear later on how how we did. Because last week we just butchered the hell out of it. But that's all right. Uh, Trevor, (laughs) thanks again for jumping on. Let our listeners know where they can keep up with you and follow you at on all the different sites and social medias. Oh, sounds good. Yeah, you can you can follow me on Twitter at Trevor underscore Lane, and you can follow me on on Instagram at Trevor Lane NBA. And uh, you can find the Lakers Nation podcast on, on iTunes and YouTube. It's posted both places, uh, pretty much anywhere you can find a podcast. And, of course, you can find my writing at LakersNation.com. Well, Trevor, again, thank you so much. And I uh, hope to have you back on real soon. Maybe we'll talk some more during the off season after free agency gets started. For sure. Sounds good. Thanks for having me. Thank you.
And that was my conversation with Trevor Lane from Lakers Nation. And uh, we talked a lot about the Los Angeles Lakers. And we talked a lot about the Lakers tonight as well as the NBA Finals. We talked a lot about, uh, you know, the Anthony Davis trade situation. Had a lot of great calls, uh, including from Jeff and from Tom, from Naj. And my good buddy Tim is with me as always. And, man, oh, man, what a great show we had tonight. Got, I really enjoyed that. We got New Jersey Lou. We got Georgia Naj. We got L.A. Tom now. We're starting to build a, 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 a starting five. We got about Pittsburgh. We got about Pittsburgh Lou. Oh, and Pittsburgh Lou, too, who was really good, but we haven't heard from him again. Yeah, I hope he calls back sometime. Well, most certainly. Um, But, yeah, good uh, good show tonight. Good time. Yeah, definitely. Definitely enjoyed the talk, and uh, the only thing that could have made it better would have been a big steak, a nice, juicy steak. And speaking of steaks, if you want a good steak, you need to hit up our friends at Stay Classy Meats at stayclassymeats.com. Use promo code WIDEMAN to save 10% on your purchase from Stay Classy Meats. Get over there, order you some steak, and grill them up. I think I'm going to make me a – I still got some bison ribeye left. I think I'm going to make you'd some have, of that soon. If you'd, have done, if you'd have done it, you could have uh, you could have had burgers, you know, for the uh, Game 6. And you could still get them for Game 7 probably. I think the Absolutely. So, yeah, they're pretty yeah, quick on their shipping. Yeah, I think the shipping's pretty quick. So you probably get out, have to get on that, boys. We all know you all love Definitely. to eat. Don't tell us otherwise. Definitely. If you, and, and get them now, and you can go ahead and at least have them for draft night because you know it's a party come draft night. But we want to thank you guys again for, for tuning in here to Wide Men Can't Jump. We have had a great evening here talking to you. Um, and I do want to bring up a little bit of news here. We talked about I'm in the process of working on some, some big stuff happening soon. Um, so we'll we'll be in contact with you about that one on, on future shows. Again, when the finals are over, whether it be game six or game seven, we will go live with post-game reactions because next week, episode 84 is the draft show, the yearly draft show that everyone seems to get hyped about. Um, and we will have myself and Jeff picking the draft. We're going to try and get through both rounds. We were able to do it last year. We're going to try and do it again this year. So we're going through both rounds of the draft. And stay tuned to Wide Men Can't Jump because I'm going to have um, uh, WideMenCan'tJump.com. I will be posting my draft picks there uh, after the show. So if you want to check them out, I'll have them up there, and we'll see how right or wrong I am. I want to thank you guys for listening. Um, As always, the Sunday Night Roundtable was up this week. Go check it out. We had some fun there, uh, Tim and I did. And uh, we we have a good time all the time. We're going to be talking, uh, hopefully within the next few days, We'll have uh, a little bit of coverage of the the uh, women's um, it's lost the World Fun, Cup, the women's World Fun Cup, Fest 2019. Absolutely, women's Celebr- World Cup Celebr- for soccer celebration 2019, as they're going to call it from now. On. Yes, yes, and we uh, <laughs> we'll, we'll probably go about an hour talking about that. I got to catch up on that. I haven't got to see some stuff. Um, Has not really been you know the first? Uh, Everybody's played a game now, but it really there hasn't been a whole lot really short yeah. of the running up the score thing, and that's already old news. So I know we'll talk about the knockout rounds for sure. So we're looking forward to that. Um, I do want to let you guys know I'm thinking on Saturday morning there will be a wrestling special released. Um, it is uh, finally I got it finished. 
uh, is wrestling yesterday, today, and tomorrow. And my special guests on that wrestling show are Les Thatcher, uh, the great trainer and wrestler Les Thatcher. Uh, Carrie Silken from Ring of Honor comes on. And uh, our good buddy, Stephen P. New. We talk about wrestling from the past, present, and future. So it's wrestling yesterday, today, and tomorrow. Be on the lookout for that episode. Uh, it's a wrestling special here on Wide Men Can't Jump. Tim, you had a chance to listen to it. What did you think? Oh, damn sweet, boy. We didn't release that thing. We set it free. <laughs> it's a good I, one. Uh, I, it's, it's some stuff you haven't, you know, we've, we we listen to. I, mean, I, I, at least particularly, I listen to a lot of podcasts, a lot of wrestling ones. I, there's some stuff on there I'd never heard before. So that was pretty interesting, i got to admit. Right. And, well, we hope and, you guys... and, and nobody's heard Stephen P. New. Stephen P. New's been on Cornette no, twice, but never really talked very much about the wrestling end of things, really, to be honest. So uh, you're going to get very some true. insight there that you haven't heard before. So, yeah, well, so we're all checking cards... out. Give us your money. Give us your money. Well, we've got all kinds of shows headed your way here within the next few days. So make sure. You're checking it out. We will definitely have that up on Saturday, and we'll be doing a post-NBA Finals podcast as well. You guys don't want to miss it. Here we are, Wide Men Can't Jump, and we're available on iTunes, Podcast Addict, Stitcher, Google Play, FM Flash, iHeartRadio, anywhere you find podcasts. also available on WideMenCan'tJump.com. The Apple situation should be getting fixed. ASAP, I've been on with support. And I'm trying to get everything straightened out on Apple. So if, you, if you're looking for the podcast on Apple and can't find it right now, please bear with us. I'll have it up as soon as we, we can. Might, uh, uh, but if you're subscribed we, on Apple Podcasts, it will still download. So you'll be fine there. We might have to switch over to Apricot. <laughs> Jesus. Oh, God. But uh, I want to take just a second here, Tim, before we get out of here. Fair I want to give a big thank you and give a shout out to uh, in case you guys don't listen, Tim and I are usually guests frequently on another podcast called The Greatest Wrestling Fantasy Draft to Ever Live. It's basically fantasy football meets pro wrestling, where you draft your team and you try to see who gets the best team, and it features myself. Tim's on there sometimes. Um, the great Casey King hosts the show. He's a local professional wrestler trained by Bobby Blaze. Go check that show out if you get a chance. Uh, downloaded it's available. iTunes, Google Play, um, more pot, what was it? iTunes, some, Google Play, SoundCloud, basically anywhere. Yeah, basically anywhere you can find it. It's a, it's yeah, a good SoundCloud. Show, I've listened to the ones radio. I'm not on. It's got a little bit. You know, there's some humor. There's some seriousness. There's some uh, some some fact thrown gets thrown out when the nerds start uh, getting into the <laughs> minutia, as we like to say. Uh, it's well worth checking out and you do yourself a favor. Easy to listen to. Myself, don't gotta think. Don't gotta think too hard, but you might learn something. So myself, background is. Josh Brown, normally uh, are on there. So check it out when you get a chance. Uh, we really enjoy it. We have a good time with it. So check that out and go check out Bobby Blaze's podcast, Bell to Bell with Bobby Blaze. They just released an episode called "Most Useless and Ugliest Belt <laughs> in Wrestling." And Bobby tells a beautiful. Hardware story. Oh, he does. Absolutely. It was a great show. It's only about an hour long. So go check them out. Show them some love. It's a great show. And they they support us, so we will support them. Yeah, speaking of which, uh, 
I need to talk to you off air about that quickly. Okay. Uh, we will. We will definitely talk about that. Um, so, yeah, thank you guys for listening. And uh, we hope you all enjoyed the show this week. It's been a little longer than normal, but had a lot to talk about, a lot to cover. So look for the wrestling special this Saturday. It should be up on Saturday. Look for me and Tim whenever the finals are over, and we'll be back next week talking more about the NBA draft, all the drafts you could ever want. Next week, myself, Tim, and Jeff will be here. Don't miss it. Tim, anything you want to add before we get out of here? Yeah, this is the Easter egg for Ed Bogus to see if he listens to the entire show. Ed is king. <laughs> All okay. right. Thanks for listening, everybody. Good night, everyone. I ain't even gotta say it, that's just something they know. Thanks for listening to the Wide Men Radio Network located at blogtalkradio.com and at widemencantjump.com. Be sure to check out our blogs over at widemencantjump.com and also be sure to check out all the other shows that we put out. You can find us on iTunes, Podcast Static, Stitcher, Google Play, FM Flash, iHeartRadio, and anywhere you find your favorite podcast. Also, at WideBeanCanChum.com. Visit our store and buy some new t-shirts. They're available now in all sizes. This show is brought to you by the law offices of Stephen P. New at NewLawOffice.com and by Cambay.com. Be sure to visit Cambay.com and use promo code WideBean to get 20 free credits on your purchase. Thanks for listening again, and we'll see you next time for the next episode on the Wide Man Radio Network.